0: Oh, nerds
1: and junior ambassadors, boys and girls of all ages, we're nerds and uh, we're pretty proud of it. You're entering the Nerd United Nation's podcast.
2: Never apologize for being nerdy.
1: All things geek are up for grabs.
2: Because unnerdy people never apologize for being assholes.
1: Here's your ambassadors, Melissa Nicholson and Jared Boots. Hey nerds and nerdettes, I know what you're thinking. First episode of the year and already Jared from the Future is making an appearance. Uh, It may sound like I'm making excuses, but I've been working a lot of long hours lately and uh, we had a nice long conversation this episode. So by the time we got to talking about Mortal Kombat, my brain was good and fried. And I got some names wrong. I was able to correct myself on Chang Sung being the leader of the dark world, but I got uh, Liu Kang's cousin's name wrong. It's actually Kung Lao. I didn't realize it until much later, and I was doing the editing process. My brain was fried. I'm sorry, guys. Enjoy. Happy New Year, Junior Ambassadors, and welcome to the first episode of 2022 for the Nerd Nations podcast. And I want to clarify that it is 2022, not 2020-TOO. Oh, like you've been seeing on uh, on the Facebooks. Um, I am your ambassador to the Midwest United States, Jared Boots, where it's a new year, same bearded nerd. And uh, as you can tell from the title, we're talking about our top 10 films of 2021. And I cannot do this alone. Otherwise, it would just be my top films. For it to be our top films, I need the Canadian ambassador. Ambassador, the Canadian pipe bomb podcasting queen, Miss Melissa Nicholson. Melissa, how you doing?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm doing pretty well. How about you?
1: Oh, uh, like I said, New Year, same nerdy beard. Uh, happy <laughs> New Year, by the way. Oh, well,
2: Happy New Year to you too. I can say yeah. the same, except minus the beard, I guess. <laughs> new Year, same nerd.
1: <laughs> well. If you follow all the joke, the, the joshing I'm getting on Facebook, I'm going to go now and clarify it right now. that I have the best beard in all of podcasting?
2: <laughs> I I would say so. <laughs> the,
1: the gauntlet has been thrown down. <laughs> uh-huh. Did <laughs> so, you set any New Year's resolutions for yourself for this year? No. Okay, cool story, bro. <laughs> good, good, good talk.
0: <laughs> good talk.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, besides me lacking any uh, New Year's resolutions, uh, <laughs> I don't lack what we're talking about today.
1: Well, that's good. I should hope not, because of what you told me about your honorable mentions this year. I think you definitely got some movie watching in this year, I, this past year.
2: I definitely did I I did not think I had watched like so many newer like so many new films um this previous year but once I wrote everything down and it was just looked at my list I'm like holy cow it was like uh 21 films that I had watched over the the last year so it was uh pretty crazy
1: I didn't keep track at all, but I know I probably had to watch at least north of 20, maybe close to 30, maybe a little more. Oh, wow. I just didn't keep track of everything I've seen. I just, as the year goes on, I just, I lay out my top 10 slots, and I move stuff around accordingly as the year goes, and I make a list of films I want to see, and I just cross them off as I go. Either they make the list or they don't, so it's a peek into my ear <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah well that's different. that's what i did i mean i i watched as i as i watched films and whatever i just i would write them down no not numbered or anything i just just write them down so that i would remember you know later on that okay this is my my lesson and then i finally like you know like i said like i counted them all out and i'm like holy crap i had no idea but a lot of um Quite a few hidden gems again, just like previous time where it was basically hunting down a whole bunch of newer films on you know your streaming services and stuff. But um yeah, this year it was again it was like those hidden gems that like on Netflix and things like that again. So it was kind of cool.
1: Well, without further dudes, so how about we get into it? So
3: yeah,
1: with you watching twenty one films on everything can make the top ten. So uh, what what are your honorable mentions for 2021 for films?
2: Well, my honorable mentions for, for 2021 is uh, Jacob's Wife, Thunder Force, Willy's Wonderland, Godzilla vs. Kong, Wrath of Man, Army of Thieves, Cruella, Free Guy, Army of the Dead, and Sing 2.
1: Okay, I got Jacob's wife written down. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's got somewhere to be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so look, I'm sorry my computer took forever to reboot and up update. You don't need to like fly through everything. Jesus. <laughs>
2: I'm not flying through. I'm just as my honorable mentions. <laughs> what?
1: Well. Let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to remember them off the top of my head here now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could definitely say that at least half your list I'm not ready to talk about yet. How about that?
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: Yeah. I did have Army of the Dead on my list at one point because I watched it earlier in the year, but it 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 fell off, I wanted to say, I think it dropped out of the top ten probably about mm, late summer. I think it fell off my list. Not that it was a bad movie. it just I just started seeing so many things i uh liked a little more and, I'm,
2: I'm on the same boat with that one um i it was definitely on my list um like my my top ten, but it it definitely it fell off again. Like not, I really enjoyed the film. Like I think it's a really fun, uh, really fun movie. But it really did fall off the list pretty quickly after seeing the other films that I saw. So,
1: I think uh, a big factor for me, at least when it comes to my top ten, is rewatchability played a huge factor in mine this year. Hmm. Uh, Godzilla vs Kong was on my list for the longest time too, for most of the year, and then it fell off too eventually.
2: Hmm. Yeah. You know, like again, like you know, not you know, not that these are like you know bad movies or anything, but it just you know for the you know rewatchability and everything, and and sort of like from for my top ten, it was like did it. You know, was I sort of, like, emotionally invested or something? Like, did it affect me in some way? Like, it was a little bit more meaningful choices to go on my list. And then, like, would I rewatch it? Yes. You know, whatever. And if most of them were yes, then, you know, we'd kind of go on my list and I'd organize from there. So, yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: And, like, is that, was it two years ago I said Godzilla King of the Monsters was my biggest disappointment appointment for 2019? if I'm not mistaken.
4: Yes.
1: So I did love, I did enjoy Godzilla vs Kong much more. And I, you know what I, what I really think I enjoyed most about Godzilla vs Kong was the division on uh, the Facebook real fans group. That was so fun. (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not a part of that, that group anymore, but I do, I did see stuff that was like outside of, of that and on Facebook. And it was just, it was funny.
1: Well, I remember. I know I was on Team Kong, and then I I can't remember if Guy was on there. I know there was like I think we had, I, cause I thought I, I think I joked about we should make like a Captain America Civil War poster and put all of our heads on there. Like <laughs> whoever the head of uh, Team Kong was would be on Captain America's body, and whoever the leader of Team Iron Man was, would, or Team Godzilla would have be an Iron Man's body. But like I remember, all we're all just like picking our side and everything. <laughs> Because somebody needs to make a like a Captain America Civil War poster style for for the real fans page.
2: <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. And,
1: and I guess one I guess one of the things that uh, put Godzilla King of the Monster, or Godzilla vs Kong off my list is every time I, I haven't re- seen I haven't seen it since the theater honestly. Mm-hmm. So I've seen it twice. I saw it on my I saw it on. HBO Max and then I went to the theater and saw it again in IMAX. But I just haven't been able to pull the trigger to buy the film. Yeah. I think it, like, I think I, it's what, I liked it but I I just haven't liked it enough to drop the money to pay for it, you know.
2: Yeah. I was like I really loved it and I did actually buy the movie because it was like, oh, I got to like have this film. I think it was more just like the excitement of it, like it was just such a great movie and I you know it really wasn't you know it was was a hell of a lot better than than Godzilla King of the Monsters like it was just you know you got these big monster fights and everything and just a a little bit better story too and um and I think I like I bought the film and then I watched it uh I watched it with did I watch it with my mom because I don't think I don't remember if she saw the movie with me at the theater. I can't remember. She might have. Or I just went and then she saw it on DVD. I can't remember. But I remember um, after I bought the movie, we watched it together. So then um, that was the only other time I saw it. And I haven't really I haven't watched it since then. So <laughs> it kind of that's also like I kind of, you know, yeah, I rewatched it again on, on DVD when I bought it. But. I haven't watched it again, so it was kind of like, uh, yeah, it can it can go off my list.
1: <laughs> yeah, I noticed you put Sing Two on your list. Uh, the The movie where they gave away the ending in the trailer.
2: <laughs> Pretty much. I mean,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can't I can't take credit for that joke because uh, Zachy and his co host Brian said that in their most recent episode of a uh, movie film podcast where they joke about how Sing Two gave away the the end of the movie and their trailer for it,
2: yeah, <laughs> although i it i mean it, yeah it, it kind of like it did give it away, but it it still was you know, I really enjoyed the film, I actually liked the scene two over the first one, um because I thought it was just a, a I think a better story, and you kind of knew the characters and. Like the first one is very much kind of getting to know everybody and them coming together as a as a group and helping out the theater and all that kind of stuff and and then like this one is all of them together as a group doing their thing and um I I really enjoyed this one a lot more but I I I enjoyed both films but yeah um it it wasn't enough to go on my top 10 though but it was still a really good cute feel good film
1: yeah, uh, I saw most of the first Sing a couple of years ago when I was getting my car worked on. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it.
2: Oh. It's it's cute. It's it's your cute, feel good, whatever film, you know. Although I I didn't realize like how stacked the cast was of Sing Two. Like holy shit, when I looked at the uh, like credit to thing, and it just it blew my mind at the, the cast that was in it. But yeah, it, it was it's cute. Both of them are.
1: Spoilers: The White Lion is Bono, and they have him sing a U two song.
2: Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> Mom, after the movie, she's like, "I knew it was him. I'm like, come on, that was obvious." <laughs> She didn't need the credits to tell her who
1: it was. She's like, I knew. <laughs> hmm. It must've been the one celebrity that wasn't the first one. And the one character wasn't in the, last, and the first yeah. one. Either. <laughs> <laughs> by, by process of elimination. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like that joke they tell in family guy where you watch those crime shows, like on your CBSs and your NBC's.
4: Yeah.
1: And it's, the very special celebrity guest is always the bad person, always the bad guy, <laughs> yeah special guest star Matt Damon <laughs> Matt Damon <laughs> is uh I wonder who the killer is,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so true.
1: I'm only kidding, Mom. You know I love you. <laughs> well, I hope you have that list written down, because I'm not going to be able to read all that back at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: you know
0: me and my notes.
1: I think when whenever this podcast finally goes off the air and uh, you will write a book, you should write just publish your notes.
2: I'm going to be writing a book, huh?
1: (laughs) I called it. There's your resolution for 2025. (laughs) All (laughs) righty. 2025.
0: 2020 strikes back. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: Any Hooters. Um, I don't have a, quite as many honorable mentions. But we don't have any carryover, though, as far as that goes.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah. So uh, my first honorable mention is Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, next, I have Nightmare Alley. I also have Halloween Kills and Spiral from the Book of Saw. All running up my honorable mentions this year.
4: Nice.
1: Yeah, Venom, let There be carnage. I just think it was probably one of the last ones to drop off my list. Uh, or maybe I thought it was always going to be an honorable mention, just because it was good. I I don't know what else I could say about Venom let There Be Carnage, it already hasn't been said about it. Okay, I think a lot of people have said it best. Like, our buddy Philip and everybody else has seen it. If you like the first one, you'll like the second one. And I enjoyed them both. And I told people, like, if you like the humor in the first one, they really ramp up the humor in the second one. Mm-hmm. Which, my personal feeling, even though I'm not a super Venom Man Carnage fan, but I do enjoy their characters. I really wish they would have gotten darker with Carnage. Like Woody Harrelson's great as Cletus Cassidy. but I just wish it went a little bit darker instead of turning Venom and Eddie into like the odd couple, you
4: know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah sure.
1: Yeah, when I thought about my list here, I think uh, Resident Evil was the last one to fall off my list, and I didn't even put it on a, as an honorable mention, just because... The new Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, is good. I'd highly recommend it if you're... It's got nothing... I've had to explain this to everybody I've tried to talk to the film about, except for my little brother, who I went and saw it with. If you are a fan of the Mila Jovovich films, this has nothing to do with it. It's a completely different thing. It is based more off the video games. So if you are a fan of the video game franchise, I would recommend it. You'll get a kick out of it.
3: -hmm.
1: All of a sudden, mostly started driving. (laughs) (laughs) Got really loud there for a second. Uh, huh. You just have a heater or something kick on.
2: Oh, it's uh, furnace. Because I'm stairs, and like furnace is like right there. (laughs)
1: <laughs> like, holy shit, like, all of a sudden, Melissa is driving through a tunnel. <laughs> yeah,
2: I'm driving and
1: I'm, I'm doing the podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, I'd, I'd recommend if you are a fan of the video game franchise, not necessarily the Miljovovich films. But uh, Nightmare Alley was one I was really anticipating for as soon as I saw the trailer for it. Mm-hmm. And I really think it's a good it's a real good movie. And Guillermo del Toro. Um, I would say he's because we've said numerous times with the Patton Oswald joke about how Tim Burton is an artist. <laughs> yeah, I would say Guillermo del Toro is right up there, too. Like everything he makes is art, too, man. Everything he does is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And this is a great World War Two era Uh, Period piece that he did Uh, It's amazing Um, I saw somebody on the I love that movie Facebook page put like his favorite uh, Lead performances of the year and Favorite is uh, What's the word I'm thinking of Supporting performances of the year Mm -hmm. I think about my list in my head And I definitely say like this is probably Bradley Cooper's Best role I think that I've Seen him in personally Is Nightmare Mm -hmm. Alley he's so good at it Mm -hmm. I told Melissa, I go. I, I had a, I, I stole this from the cinema snob. If, if you go to see this movie, I go. I told Melissa, don't like, don't be expecting to be leaving in a, in a bright, cheery mood after you go to watch this film.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still, I I still have yet to see the the film because it does look like a really great movie especially like in just like cinematically beautiful too um but uh yeah i haven't um i haven't seen it yet but i'd like to but <laughs> it's definitely yeah not your your feel-good film like sing too so you kind of have to be in that a, a good mindset to to kind of sit down and watch the film so i'll get there i definitely want to see it
1: my buddy Joe did thank me for the recommendation To go see it So, so It's a good film It's just you're not going to leave feeling happy Like if you would leaving Sing 2 <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> it, you're, it's, it, it, Yeah if you You're not going to leave Nightmare Alley feeling the same way you did After watching Encanto Or Sing 2
2: <laughs> Yeah for sure
1: and Halloween Kills and Spiral, um, I'm I'm I would consider like the Saw franchise like a guilty pleasure franchise for me. I do enjoy the Saw films. I know Melissa hasn't made it 20 minutes past the first film, no, which that's the tame one, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which is crazy to me, but okay. <laughs>
1: but uh, I do like Chris Rock. I really do enjoy him, and it was nice to see him break away from an Adam being a buddy in an Adam Sandler film. Um. I would say like probably the only drawback to the spirals that has a lot of those bad cop film tropes in it, you know,
3: mm.
1: like the corrupt department and all of that stuff. And
4: yeah, but
1: it's, it's good. It was nice to see Chris rock do a little, uh, get back to something a little more serious, you know, and, uh, Halloween kills dropped out of my list. It was low on the list. And, uh, it's like another film. I I really enjoy the flashback of Halloween Kills and it flashes back to the original film. Hell, if, if my buddy Nick is listening, our friend Nick is listening, me and him drive his wife nuts with, Officer Hawkins, did Michael kill again? <laughs> and uh, Nick and I have resorted to calling each other Big John and Little John. So. <laughs> 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 Every time we go out to eat, if we have knives in our hands. <laughs> It's always, I have this knife. So, I enjoyed the Big John, Little John stuff too, but uh, I really think the biggest, I really think the biggest flaw of Halloween Kills is that they rely so heavily on Evil Dies Tonight when 90% of the audience knows there's a sequel coming. Before this film even came out, yeah. So as soon as I start chanting "Evil Dice Tonight," I'm like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and like I, I haven't, I haven't seen the film, but, um, yeah, it definitely, like, it seems so final, like especially in the trailer, like they're, oh, it's it, everything's gonna, you know we're finally going to end this and all this kind of thing. And it's like, uh-huh. you know, like, And I didn't even know that they were doing um, another one until you had told me that there was a sequel. I'm like, oh, okay. So they're faking the, oh, it's ending. Oh, no, it's not.
1: <laughs> I would say Halloween 20, I think it was like after Halloween 2018 came out, they started started doing two more films.
2: Yeah, I knew that that there was gonna be, the, like the next like Halloween kills like after the the 2018 one, but I didn't realize that there was gonna be two instead of just the one more. So um, yeah.
1: Um, if if I could do a shameless plug, if anybody really wants like a great Halloween kills review, go over to our friend Tim Rooney on his he just uh, he just released an episode last week on Anything Goes, on his thoughts on Halloween kills. He's probably one of the biggest Halloween fans I know in the podcasting world, and I think he puts it perfectly, I'd say. Nice. So, before we get to the the main event here, um, did you have a biggest surprise or a biggest disappointment this year? I
2: didn't, actually. Um, Surprisingly, I didn't have any... um, any disappointments or really any sort of big surprises? Um, the, the, the surprising part to me is that uh, I didn't have any disappointment. <laughs> you know me and my, <laughs> I, I mean, right. I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty quick to drop opinions on on many different films, so you know you.
1: Listen, Nicholson, have high standards? No. Right?
2: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but <laughs> I do I, I do like how you I do like how you said your biggest surprise was that you didn't have any biggest disappointments. So I like, can't remember if it was last year or the year before you had like a laundry list of disappointments and it's like, whoa. <laughs> Melissa said, fuck that year in particularly. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) I want to say it was 2019, because I think you listed off, like, Captain Marvel and Endgame and all of those. Yeah,
2: 2019 was pretty pretty savage in my uh, movie thoughts.
1: I I just got this one. And I, I hate putting biggest disappointments and Like, you really do not want to fault anybody, any actor, director, writer for trying, you know? Because yeah. where the fuck's my movie, you know? Exactly. So, where am I to judge when something sucks or I don't like something? And also, I also joke that I also go in with low. I go in to 95% of my movies expecting nothing so I don't get disappointed with anything. Hmm. It, there's things I don't like about films, obviously like who ha like there's no perfect film out there, like Nightmare Four Christmas is my favorite film of all time. I could probably find something wrong with it if I sat there and thought about it honestly, I could but I don't want to but i so I find it easier i I find it easy if you go into a film with like low standards or expecting nothing. It's a lot easier to not be disappointed in in anything. It's, it's a lot easier to enjoy stuff. Like I'm looking at my list right now. I I want to say a, half of my list would not make it on any professional critics' top ten list for the year. You know.
2: Hmm. I feel like mine too. Like I I kind of I went with that mentality this year for sure. Um with with my movies and and especially um there's there's a couple films um in my my list that it was basically it was friend influenced um especially guy milks uh because like him and his you know movies that he watches he's always watching some kind of movie and there was a few newer films that he's watched or he had watched and i was like oh okay he kind of gave a good kind of decent review of it and I was like okay I'm, I'm gonna I feel like watching a movie I'm gonna check that one out and I went in not expecting really much of anything like I just I'm gonna just watch the movie for what it is and I ended up like you know really enjoying it so that's kind of the mentality I went with this year and obviously there's a lot more love than than disdain <laughs> over films so there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, before before we get too far ahead, um, I'll just share. I did have one biggest surprise, and I had one biggest disappointment this year. And I'll start with my biggest surprise, and that was a uh, nobody. Hmm. Like I said before, I'm not a huge action film guy. Like I like the old Arnie and Stallone stuff from the '80s, early '90s. Um. Like how I, we talked earlier last month how I really enjoyed Fat man and not really a huge f- fan of those kinds of films. Nobody was the same way like i I also went in with like the low expectations, you know, mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed it. It was in the middle of my list for most of the year until my film would start gathering and gathering and gathering but yeah I really enjoyed nobody, and it was great to see Christopher Lloyd again. that was pretty badass see him in a badass role.
2: I I can't like, really
1: talk about that film yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it was good to see Bob Odekirk in a badass uh, badass role, too, but that's all I'll say about that. And I do have one biggest disappointment for 2021, and that is myself, because I did not get to watch a lot of the films that I wanted to see this year. Um, I can blame Parvin having a more busier-than-usual schedule for 2021. Um, but also I just, when I had downtime, I didn't feel like doing jack shit, you know?
3: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) But, um, so there was a few films I wanted to see for this year that I missed, like uh, the Coming to America sequel, um, Jacob's Wife, I haven't gotten around to seeing, I was going to try to sneak it in before today, but before we recorded tonight, I couldn't get around to it. Um, Dune. I even did want to see this new Spider-Man film just because I wanted to see all the old characters back, and plus I'm also a huge Doctor Strange fan.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did want to see some of those, but I just didn't get around to them this year. And that's so uh, my good. My biggest disappointment for 2021 is myself.
0: So. <laughs> all right then.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm surprised. Like for me that I saw all the films that, that I did, because I, I did not expect to, you know, see all the films that I did, especially, you know, after, you know, everything being, you know, films being pushed back and, you know, just not being able to see the films and everything, and now, you know, seeing as many newer films as I have, especially in the theater, has been amazing. So, you know, I'm I'm really glad I got to see the films that um, I did on the big screen Because that was really cool um, But Yeah
1: I made the joke this year As busy as I was I did spend a lot of time in theater And as busy as I was in the, as what I tell the joke now I don't know if you have a celebrity That does your previews Up there in the theater But down here in my theater In Davenport we have Maria Menunos. And I say, I'm at the theater so much, I think I'm in a steady relationship with Maria Menunos now. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know I know she's married, for those listening at home. I know she's married. I jokingly said I was going to tweet her on Valentine's Day. <laughs> okay, what do you want for Valentine's Day, boo? <laughs> 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 I'm at the theater so much, we're going steady now. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I definitely, like, I was at the theater a little bit I mean a little bit more but I mean I'm not I wouldn't say I'm a regular theater goer um, for sure like I'm, I'm definitely not but it's since you know finally at least here like finally the movie theater opening and you know any new movie that was coming out that I was really excited about like I definitely went to see because you know I have the opportunity to actually go see it in a big screen and so I, I took that opportunity. So I definitely saw more this year on the big screen and, and usually and maybe a little bit more than, than I usually would. Cause like I like I said, like I wouldn't say I'm a regular uh moviegoer, but um yeah, and, and no for our for our interact like our pre show thing, Now we don't really have um any celebrity stuff. It's mostly just like, oh, your quick quiz thing. That's like the easiest freaking thing ever. Um, Like <laughs> recently, I, I, it was sad. I knew the Ghostbusters phone number <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the questions like, oh, well, who, like what's their, their phone number or whatever. And I'm like, that one. And of course it was right. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I, I turn to my mom. I'm like, yeah, that's sad. I knew that.
1: <laughs> Who is Dorothy going to see in The Wizard of Oz?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's always that just really simple question thing. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I mean, I guess like the only uh, recent thing has been like a little uh, quick thing from uh, from Dan Aykroyd. Like he like shares like a quick like memory or something of him going to the theater or whatever. So that's been a thing, but uh, yeah, that's that's really about it. But that's funny. I,
1: I just <laughs> I tried to see as much of the theater as I could because a some of these films just like had to be seen on the on the big screen. I think. Yeah. And two, I love the distraction-free environment.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm also chasing the white horse of one day getting the theater to myself. I was so <laughs> close on a couple occasions.
2: i i mean there it's been the times that i've gone um it's been really tiny crowds like maybe i mean the most was like recent i mean eh, maybe recently there was more than like five people but it's mostly been like three or you know, at least like five people. So it's it's been pretty nice. Like I don't I don't sit next to anybody. I I have like a whole row to myself. It's just amazing.
1: <laughs> I've gotten so fucking close. I talked to my coworker Mike about this. Like we hate when you have a less than half full theater and somebody has to sit next to you. Oh, God. Because we have reserved seating. Yeah. And I and I buy my tickets in advance. Yeah. So. And I swear to that I went and saw, what did I see the other day? Uh, I think it was when I went and saw Nightmare Alley.
3: Mm.
1: It was either Nightmare Alley or The King's Man. And somebody was upset. And I bought my tickets that afternoon. And I knew there was nobody in that whole fucking row when I bought my ticket. Yeah. And somebody was upset that they to sit next to me. Like, motherfucker, I bought this ticket five hours ago. Oh. I'm more pissed that you're sitting next to me than I'm... There.
2: Yeah, so far I've gotten... We we do the reserved seating thing, too. Um, That's kind of the the way of things right now. Um, I mean, even if you go to the theater, you still have to pick... Like, if you're going to get tickets there, you still have to pick a seat. And so far, I've gotten lucky. I have not had anybody sit, like, even a chair next... Like, not really next to me, but, like, the next one over. Nobody. It's been... I'm on a I'm on a freaking lucky streak here. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we I I went to go see the Kingsman last week. uh, Is hardly in that fucking theater. And come showtime, the theater's less than half full, and everybody's congregated in three fucking rows out of (laughs) ten. Like, are you fucking serious?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh goddamn.
1: Well, one of the funniest ones though is I went when I went. I took my little brother to go see uh, Ra- uh, Welcome to Raccoon City. That's probably one of the most spaced out it was. Um, my, my, my little brother being in a wheelchair, we sit in the front row. But um, there was only five of us total in the whole theater. And this is my hometown theater, oh. and uh, the movie takes place in 1998. Spoilers. And trust me, the movie does not let you forget that it takes place in 1998 with all the references it makes. Oh, God. I look around. My brother's only 20. There's two teenagers in there with us, and there's an older guy closer to my age. So I look at the screen, like, motherfucker, only two of the five people in this crowd were alive in 1998. So... And uh, one more funny experience I had in the theater this year was uh, I went to opening night of Ghostbusters Afterlife, mm. and uh, I got there early because I, I anticipated to be busy, which kind of sad it wasn't. But um, so I got in there as soon as they allowed seating, and I'm sitting in the back row center, as always. That's my preferred seat is back row center, and um, <laughs> I don't like to. I don't. I don't like people kicking my seat.
2: Yeah, no, that's my that's, favorite. That's my ultimate. Right in the middle at the back is my fucking prime seat.
1: <laughs> so, so, anywho, I get in there, and it's going to be about 20 minutes before showtime, people start trickling in. And uh, this couple walked in. They sat, like, row in front of me, of course. Or two rows in front of me. Whole fucking theater. So two rows in front of me. And they, I don't know how the guy did not see me walking up to his chair. He's got his girlfriend's head on his shoulder. I'm sitting in the back playing my Harry Potter uh, spells and puzzles game there, waiting for the movie, waiting for my girl Maria to come on TV on the screen. And um, I can dream. And um, I'm sitting there playing my game. This guy's going, "No, I think we're having this whole theater to ourselves." So in my head like, motherfucker, it's opening night for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Are you that stupid to think you're going to have the entire theater to yourself? Exactly. But what I did, to spoil his – I think there was another guy that came in before him. He just left his coat in to go out had to get some popcorn or something. Yeah. But um, so he says, I think we're going to have the whole theater to ourselves. So I don't, all of a sudden I went <clears> – <throat> Cleared my throat really loud. <laughs> and his girlfriend turned around and looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: funny.
1: And then eventually eventually a bunch of other people uh um came in and later, which that the first viewing of that film was a really great experience. But I'm not really ready to talk about that film yet. But um I like can think in my mind I've probably cock blocked that dude. <laughs> Probably have a whole probably thought he's gonna have a whole theater to himself and get lucky.
0: Yep, probably. <laughs> I mean
1: I don't know who I don't know who goes to opening night of a film and thinks they're gonna have the whole theater to themselves.
2: Exactly. No. If it if it's been out for a while, maybe. But I mean even then it's still kind of a newer film, so you're not always gonna have theater to yourself. Like, come on now.
1: I, I went to go see Halloween Kills in the theater like a week after it opened, on a Tuesday afternoon, <laughs> and uh, it was like the lights were just starting to go down. I go on Facebook, "All oh, right, Halloween Kills, got the whole theater myself. Fuck yeah!" Post. Six fucking people walked in. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn,
3: it. I'm
4: no. so close. <laughs>
1: I haven't had the theater to myself since 2005 when Devil's Rejects came out. Oh. And I started with the theater with people, two other people. Girl got disgusted and left halfway through and the boyfriend had to go with. So, but for 15 years, I've had, had to share a theater.
4: Wow. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn it. <laughs> You're thinking, Jared, why don't you just pay the hundred bucks and get the whole theater to yourself? <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> it becomes tempting. <laughs> yeah. Enough of that rambling. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so, uh, why don't you kick us off then? What's your number 10, Melissa? All
2: right. Um, my number 10. And this one was. Um, kind of a well i guess not really a hidden gem but kind of a hidden gem because it was one that um that guy milks had watched and kind of and gave a really good review of on instagram as he always posts his movie stuff um so it was one day where i was like i want to watch a film so i turned on that one and it was uh, gunpowder milkshake and it is a really fun kick-ass action film and it's like basically all females kicking ass and just being sleep badasses. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, it was one that I, I really, really enjoyed. Um I thought it was um a lot of fun. And I I did not go in expecting anything. I wasn't sure what it was gonna be and it was it was a great um great movie and definitely I mean not unique in the sense of it being an action film, but just like a refresh of it was kind of refreshing because it was just like it's you know a whole all females doing their thing and you know they're they're all you know holding their own and doing a really amazing job and um you know and great storytelling and just Um, a film that that I really enjoyed and that was kind of early I think it was kind of early on in the year that I saw it and um, really really loved it so yeah that was my um, that was my number 10 for this year
1: as soon as you said it was a film that Guy Milks really enjoyed I already had half of it written down before you even said it (laughs) (laughs) because I know I followed your movie reviews also this year, so. <laughs> I I did not check this one out. Um, I've only used Netflix this year for uh, cartoons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I even did. I'm, uh, I'm
1: the one. So, just, uh, so if you follow the stats on Netflix, I'm the one guy that watched Chicago Party Ant this year on Netflix. <laughs> Three times. <laughs>
2: I, I was the one person who watched
1: it once. <laughs> That's cool. I know. I that film was kind of hot for a while when it first came out. When it first came out on Netflix, because there was a lot of people talking about it when it was Wasn't Lisa talking about it too at first?
2: I I think so. I think she did. Uh, or or well,
1: I did. I did watch Army. I I take that back. I did watch Army of the Dead on Netflix this year, but um. But it seemed like uh, when Gunpowder Milkshake came out, it seemed like a lot of people were talking about it.
2: Yeah. Um, and it, it, I mean, I didn't, I, I heard little things about it, and I definitely heard good things. And then um, I kind of sort of forgot about it, and then I only kind of was reminded of it from, like, Guy Milks when he watched it. And he gave it a good review, and I was like, okay, I'm going to check out this film. And, um yeah, it ended up being a really great film. Um, so yeah, that was one I really enjoyed, and I even did. Um, I was inspired by the film, and I even did like a fan art kind of thing around it. So,
1: oh, yeah. That's neat. I think I, re- I do remember you posting something like that.
2: Yeah, it was like a literal like milkshake, like you know, in the, in the classic glass, and then like two guns in it, and. And then I have it like colored like a you know the white and um, white and red straw and gun thing, yeah. <laughs> and then blood splatter nice. everywhere. <laughs> but uh,
1: at scribbles of what I'll be drawer on Instagram. Geez. Follow now. Uh huh.
2: So yeah that that was my um that was my number ten so. Um, what was... what? What is yours?
1: I also picked an action film for my number 10 and it, it is... I picked uh, Matrix Resurrections. Um, I actually went to the theater to see this one instead of HBO Max. Um, mostly because I think it was a film that I think it required to see on a big screen, I think. And... um I did not get a chance to get a trilogy rewatch in before I went, which so I, I used to watch the first Matrix film quite a bit when it first came out, but I the sequels. I didn't watch as much, but I did play the video game, Enter the Matrix, quite a bit in college, so I was worried I'd be lost going into Matrix Resurrections. Cause I didn't remember the other films as well, but watch like nostalgia critic cover them and then listen to Zachy and Brian on movie film cover do commentaries on the sequels recently. I, I felt like I was right. So I just like, if I didn't get it, I didn't get it. But, um, I actually went in I really enjoyed this film. Um, I really do love how they brought, um, neo and trinity back into the matrix how so how keanu reeves has to go back in i love the aspect how the matrix is a video game in his world and he cannot tell if this is something he actually if it was real or not that he experienced what he experienced in the first three films mm. and uh going back to the i love that movie uh, supporting performances out role you see a lot in the trailer. Neil Patrick Harris is fucking amazing in this movie as the analyst. He was a great addition to this, and um, Keanu Reeves, brilliant as always too, because this film doesn't. Much like Bill and Ted Face Music, this film doesn't. This movie does uh, not exist if Keanu Reeves doesn't want to do it. And I'm so glad he came back for because he's just as amazing in this one as is in other three. He just continues to be the national treasure that he is, even though he's Canadian, so I can't so he really can't call him an American treasure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But he's just amazing, as always, in this film. And I guess it's really all I could say without really spoiling too much of it. I do like how they bring Neo back into the Matrix. I think that was really well done. And you really don't need to see... The other two, I guess, recently, I would say, to get what's going on in this one. I think they do a good job of referencing the other two, catching up to speed. Like, Melissa, I know you haven't seen any of the Matrix films, so I'd actually recommend you see all three of them before you go see this one.
4: Okay. Well, but, I
1: was- I, but I'd recommend it to somebody who, like, say if you haven't seen Reloaded or uh Reloaded and... uh Matrix 3 the the, the other one <laughs> um <laughs> begins with an r revelations revelations revolutions one of those two somebody's screaming at me right now um yeah if you haven't seen those in a while i'd say you're safe to go see resurrections without rewatching them but it, it would have been cool if i would have gotten to rewatch it before i would go and see this one Hugo Weaving was definitely missed, though, because Hugo Weaving plays Agent Smith in the first three films, and he was definitely missed in this film. But I think Neil Patrick Harris was a great addition to the story.
2: So it kind of made up for not having him in it, then.
1: In a way, in a way. Two two completely different characters, but you got another strong actor in another strong spot, so.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm like I'm sure you know if you didn't have you know Neil Patrick Harris in there, there probably it probably wouldn't have been that feeling of like you know there's something missing, like that you know sort of a presence or whatever, like something missing within it maybe I don't know, but um, at least to have him and do a, a really good job in in his role, even though they're two separate people, it still makes up for a little bit you know sort of you know not having
1: the other person. So. Well, they did a good job. For example, uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays Morpheus in the first three. And in this one, they have Yahya Abdul-Mateen. Did I say that right? Um, to play Morpheus in this one. And they do like a great... Um, or like, I don't want to say like a rehash, but they do greatly explain why Morpheus looks different in this one. Mm. So... They 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 do have a new Agent Smith in this one, but it's just it would have been cool if it was uh would have been him though. So. Oh well, maybe someday we'll get him back again. Maybe. So Melissa, what was your number nine?
2: Uh my number nine was um yet another kind of hidden gem that I saw on uh netflix and it was one that i had added to my watch list but it it wasn't like oh i'm gonna watch this immediately i kind of stuck it on my watch list because it looked interesting and then i sort of didn't see it for a little bit um but it was a it's a movie called kate and um it's uh what's her name um stars uh is it mary elizabeth winstead is that her name
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mary Elizabeth, what I said.
2: Yeah. She, she's the, the main character in the film, and she is incredible in it. Like, she
1: what does. Is this, like, an action film, too? Yeah.
2: Basically yeah. an action film, because she's, um, she's an assassin in Tokyo who uh, gets poisoned, and she basically has 24 hours, or less than 24 hours, to find out basically who did it and to basically seek revenge and uh it is a really it's it's definitely action-packed but it's also got a lot of kind of it's also got heart and you know it goes a little bit deeper than just you know seeing somebody just like you know beat up a whole bunch of people or shoot a whole bunch of people like it's a little bit more than that and um Yeah, it's it's a really great balance of, you know, you've got your action, you've got heart, and you've also got kind of the more intense sort of moments. Um, Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really great film.
1: You know, I honestly want to say I'm pretty sure I heard some of our friends in our inner circle talking about this film, and it was probably something I added mentally to my when I get around to it list, and I just completely slipped my mind. As soon as you started, as soon as you said Mary Elizabeth Winston, I'm like, that's it. I was, it was a film I knew I wanted to get around to at some point. I just completely forgot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would definitely, whenever you, you know, even to to anybody too, um, you know, you get a moment to, you know, want to watch a film or something, something new. Um, Kate is definitely a great film. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed the Everliving Hollow of it. Like it's just a, it's Kind of a like buckle up and enjoy the ride kind of thing. <laughs> like it's just from beginning to end, it's just um, really good. Um, I, I had a lot of fun watching it.
1: Well, she's proved in uh, Birds of Prey that she can kick ass. So
2: oh, thousand percent, and she definitely kicks ass in this film. Like she, she's pure badassery. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, glad. I'm, I'm glad you refreshed my memory. I'm like, cause I know I've seen it around. I think uh, I think it's the one that Guy watched this year, if I'm not mistaken. But um,
2: he did, yeah.
1: I was just I think I honestly said I was gonna get around to this one. I was gonna bookmark and I just forgot.
2: <laughs> yep, it was one that yeah, like I said, like I put on my watch list, and I actually Guy refreshed my mind when he had watched it and gave it like you know review whatever and. I was like, oh yeah, like I've been meaning to watch that. So I finally did and it's just it's a great film. It's uh yeah. Definitely highly recommended for me. And what is awesome. what's your um but enough about, you know, my love of the the film that I picked. What's your number nine?
1: Well, <laughs> uh- I seem to have a theme going here right now, so I'm going back to the franchise. Well, and I went with uh, my number nine would be The Kingsman, a prequel to the Kingsman franchise. And um, I talked to Melissa after I got out of the theater watching this one. I did enjoy this film. I think my only major nitpick of it was it could have been a little shorter. Yeah. It's two and a half hours long. It goes on a long time. And the, the Rasputin stuff is fucking bonkers, man. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it is bat shit crazy. <laughs>
1: and, and it's believable because the Rasputin was nuts oh. in real life. I did, I did kind of like identify with him when he's trying to eat that tart with the, with the beard and getting all over his beard. So i like, I feel seen right now.
2: I. I can't really talk too much about the film just yet, but I will. <laughs> I will say I did think of you with that scene. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I I felt seen there. Like I hope I, I hope it stopped at him eating the tart and not like yes, lick, was, licking Voldemort's only... l- not not licking Voldemort's leg wound. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, it was just when he's when he's eating that tart. I was just like that. That's yeah. <laughs>
1: That's me thought, eating. I'm that's sorry. eating meat. That's me eating about ninety percent of the time. <laughs> I, I will save some more since, since it appears we're going to have more discussion on this. I will save that for later. So, uh, what is your number eight? <laughs>
2: uh, my number eight is the Suicide Squad, and this one was actually my first film since um it was actually well since the like the previous year of um like the theater reopening and everything so the theater finally reopened and finally able to to see movies again and this was my first one um i mean i did get to to see one movie but it i mean it kind of didn't really count more kind of recently before that but I don't really count it because it was like not long after that the theater closed again so (laughs) it's kind of an in-between weird time um so yeah it, it hadn't been for a really long time that um hadn't seen the movie so this was my first one and um yeah i i really enjoyed this film i thought it was a really just blast of a film and i i didn't realize just how quickly it would go zero to a hundred <laughs> because it certainly does. Um, so yeah, it, it and it's just like a, you know, buckle up and, and kind of another one of those buckle up and enjoy the ride kind of films. And um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I did kind of, my only minor nitpick is that I kind of felt that, there were moments where it it like the film could have ended and it could have worked, but it kind of kept going, <laughs> so that's my only nitpick, but really, I enjoyed the whole thing. I mean, I've even bought the film since then, and I plan on you know rewatching it at some point um so yeah it was it was just a really,
0: really fun film.
1: I'm not already talking about this film yet. <laughs>
2: I mean, the last thing I'll say is I did do, uh, like Gunpowder Milkshake. I did a fan art for this one. I did um, because I I don't know why, but in my head, when like there's the sort of the main villain, Starro, and I don't know why, but I, I mean, 15 year Doctor Who fan, and everything becomes Doctor Who, I guess. <laughs> or I can pull something out of there. I don't know, but I, I immediately thought of of Doctor Who, as I do, and the the cult of Scarrow, which is basically this small group of Daleks who um, they're they're basically kind of they're 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 in, the, in one episode they're wanting to make a whole new race of of Daleks and basically make human versions of a Dalek. And so this is what they're kind of setting out to do. And then this really kind of old group of Daleks and kind of the last surviving of previous wars and things. And so anyway, I combined the Cult of Scarro with Starro. So I called it the Cult of Starro. And I literally put Starro on the end of the Dalek and combined them. So it was basically like a Doctor Who, the Suicide Squad mashup. Because <laughs> that was in my head, and I'm like, I need to draw this. I need to put it on paper. So, yeah.
3: yeah
1: not ready to talk about it yet.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, uh, what is your number eight?
1: Uh, It's one I just watched recently to prepare for this episode, and that would be Free Guy.
2: Ooh. I
1: really I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I enjoyed it more than I thought of, but I've been a Ryan Reynolds fan ever since Two Guys A Girl in a Pizza Place, which I dropped out a lot of people because no big uh, I think me and my dad and my brother probably the only three people that ever watched that show back in the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> a lot of people will go oh, I've been a fan of Ryan Reynolds since waiting. Bitch please, I've been a fan of him since he was on ABC. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Uh, one thing I've said before in here a lot was like when I talk about Death to Smoochie or uh, Blast of the Past, how I love when Naivete is played so well. I think this was Ryan Reynolds' chance to play Naive so well. Just being a, like, you take the concept kind of a, a, a non playable character in a video game, becoming sentient, or. Become an artificial intelligence and just running with it, mm. like that's great. Is first of all, it's great to see like uh, like go back to like Wreck-It Ralph. It gave us like a good look into the life of a video game character. This gave us a good look into a life of what a background character does day in and day out. And all yeah, I thought that was a real clever concept, and I love how naive Ryan Reynolds plays about everything,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and how he his character grows and all this and. I did get a good laugh with uh, Taika Waititi being yeah. <laughs> Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was fun. And uh, what's Steve from Stranger Things being uh, one of the programs? I I did have a lot of fun this this game. I did like the random Chris Evans cameo in it later on when he's fighting. Was it dude? Yeah, <laughs> he's fighting. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out the Captain America shield and the Hulk fist and a lightsaber and also I, I just love him racking up points trying to rack, level up, just doing good things and shit. And
4: <laughs>
1: I love the trope of all like these badass characters in the video game. It's like little kids playing in real life and all that shit. So, mm-hmm. It was a good fun movie. I, it was like a good it's gonna feel good, Phil. Like yeah. you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I might have to add it to the, uh, I might have to add it to the, the Blu-ray shelf eventually. Here,
2: I, I definitely, I, I really enjoyed it too. I loved it more than I thought I would. Kind of like what you said. Like it was, I, you know, I saw the trailer for it and I thought, okay, I, I wasn't too, like I, I definitely wasn't planning on on seeing it at all. And then finally, it, you know, um you know, got on streaming and was like, okay, you know what, I'm gonna you know, give this movie a watch and it's just, it's so good it's such a fun film it's got a lot of heart and it almost makes you you know, I like the makes you think of like, you know, these NPCs who just, you know in a lot of these games you know, are doing the same thing day in, day out and they have like they, they have no idea, you know like, they're obviously they're just whatever And so it's funny to kind of, you know, give a, give a mind, uh, you know, give one of these characters be sentient and be, you know, have a mind and whatever kind of later on as you see him grow and everything. And, and, uh, but yeah, Ryan Reynolds definitely plays that naivete so well. Like he's just like, has no idea. He's just going through his routine as he does. No idea. He's been doing the same damn thing every time, saying the same things. And I really loved how, like, the one character that comes into the game and you know meets Guy, and you know, like, she knows what everybody's going to say and do, and like, <laughs> I kind of love that. Like, you just, you know, you've played it so much, you know what, you know, they're going to say or what they're going to do, and it's just like, okay, it becomes really predictable. <laughs> and um yeah it's just i i really loved it and um so yeah it's it, it was a f- really fun film
1: i did i did like all the channing tatum stuff too that was pretty funny
2: yeah
1: but there ain't a nerd playing channing Tatum's avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and they have like the argument with his mom stuff in the background yeah. I think if anything, if I if I would make one, one improvement, like I I know there was some gamers on there, like uh, YouTubers. I knew I knew Ninja was on there, okay. but um, was one of the YouTubers that they showed. I thought if they, it would be cool if they would have thrown in some YouTubers I know that play video games, like Matt or Markiplier or JackSepticEye or the Completionist. So if they would have thrown a couple more of those guys in there, I think that would have been cool, you know. But yeah, I didn't I enjoy like I enjoyed the Channing Tatum stuff. When uh the kicker's like, Oh, you can take anything you want from me, man. Or uh You're the guy in the blue you're the blue shirt guy. <laughs> but I like when uh at the beginning of the film he, the bank's getting robbed and him and his him and buddy are just behind the behind the camera with their feet kicked up, hands head on their arms, like a couple <laughs> girls out of sleep over just talking. All <laughs> oh, the bank's being robbed. <laughs>
2: yeah, like you're like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> I did also really enjoy when they, they, um, the, like the admins, whatever, they, they go in and to get, to figure out, like, find out who Guy is and to catch him or whatever to kind of kick him out of the, the game. And, you know, they dress up as a cop. And then the other one, I think was what, a, you know, like a bunny suit. Bunny, secret. yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs>
1: That was good. Like, I, it was a film. Like, I was a little bit of the opposite of you. I I saw the I saw a trailer, and then like I can't remember what film I was going to see in the theater, but I saw the trailer. like oh, that looks. I think in my thought, I was like, it worth. Look, it looks like worth checking out.
3: Yeah.
1: It wasn't something I'd write off so I I do enjoy Ryan Reynolds and things, and yeah. um. But uh, yeah, it was like I think I remember. I think first time I saw the trailer earlier this year, I was like it looks like it'd be good or worth checking out. And I just never got around to it. And a lot of positive buzz was around that film.
4: Yeah, definitely. I'm like, you
1: know what? I was at the, I was at the Red Box certain films the other day. I'm like, you know what? I'll get Free Guy. I'll give it a watch. And if I don't like it, I don't like it. But if I do, I'm like, yeah. bonus.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that one.
2: Um... Yeah, that one was definitely. I guess you could. I guess I do kind of have like it was. It was a for me. It it, it could have been like a a surprise, like a sort of a pleasant surprise, because it wasn't one that I was sort of expecting to be really any good. So, um, you know, pleasantly surprised when when it just was a really great fun movie.
1: For those of you listening at home, Binks just said that Ryan Reynolds is always great. Not wrong (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's only three but she knows her stuff
0: Of course
2: Learn from the best
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Melissa what is your number seven
2: My number seven Is nobody And uh yeah, that this one I again I kinda went in um you know, no expectations, no really I just I, I kinda heard about it. I heard really good things. Um people were were, you know, sort of raving about it and and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, you know, check this film out. And uh I really enjoyed it. Like it was just a really fun I mean I, I love action films, like I'm just a bit of an action film nut so this was definitely sort of right up my alley, but, you know, sort of how it begins, it's like it doesn't really seem like it's, <laughs> it doesn't sort of start out that way, it, it grows into that, and, you know, um, yeah, I, I really loved it, like, and, and, you know, Bob Odenkirk, he, like, he's a freaking badass in this film, I mean, I mean, I really like him, like, he's a, he's a great actor, and, you know, I've enjoyed him and stuff that I've seen him in, but in this one, like he's like fricking pure badass. And you know, seeing Christopher Lloyd was really cool. And um, so yeah, it was um, yeah, definitely a really, really, really good film. Um, I I enjoyed it from beginning to end, and I actually have um, it was another uh film that I bought because it was just definitely it's gonna be worth a rewatch.
1: It was, uh, the trailer is definitely misleading in this film, you know? Yeah. Like, it also comes off as like a film of, of a guy that's not going to take any, like a guy that's, for lack of a better term, like a loser.
4: Yeah.
1: And he decides he's not going to take shit anymore, but then you have this whole fucking plot with it that he used to be like a, like, some kind of secret ops dude for the military, and he knows all these skills and shit. <laughs>
2: yeah. I love how they they did that. Like they they played him off as such a as as such a just general guy who's just going through the motions. He's kind of a little bit down on his luck. Like he's just not you know, he does what he does and that's kind of about it. And he, he's basically like existing. <laughs> and then you have this whole thing like okay, he's finally Okay, it seems like well, yeah, like you said, he's not taking shit anymore, and well, no, there's even more than that, like it's just incredible, like it's a great just you know great storytelling. I mean, it starts off you you think this is where you're going with it, and then it just leads you into a even bigger thing and um yeah, it's really great
1: well i think I think some trailers are getting better now. like hiding the plot yeah uh like matrix resurrection so i didn't have a whole lot of clue what was going on in that um or uh we're gonna be getting here with the batman later this year like i've been watching trailers since the fandom trailer dropped and i still don't know the hell like the big plot this is gonna be you know
2: Yeah. So like watching
1: nobody, you think it's a little, it's uh, it's a guy that's done luck. and He's not going to take any shit anymore. Fine. He's just had enough and he's going to start saying that for himself. No, it sort of starts off like that a little bit, you know, but he's trying to save face in front of his family, but yeah, there's so much more to that. It's pretty well done. Um,
2: Which is, which is, you know, what I really like is when you don't, you know, I like vague trailers for films. I don't want to know, you know, the whole plot of the film or the ending of a film before I've seen it. Like, I don't want to know that. I I want to be pleasantly surprised when, you know, I I see a movie or whatever. And um, so yeah, I like when when movie trailers are vague. And it definitely was. Like it 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 led you to think it was going to be just this you know general guy who suddenly doesn't take shit or kind of thing like it it really doesn't give you very much and then you're pleasantly surprised when you actually watch the film and see everything play out so and and I would agree I think film like they're getting better with not giving you everything in a, in a trailer like giving you a little bit of what may happen in the film but not everything and you know I think that's that's a good thing because we don't need everything. If you know everything, it's not going to, it's going to spoil your, your movie experience when you actually go see the film. it's,
1: It's good to have that level of mystery going into a film. Like some of us like tend to avoid trailers and stuff or avoid social media. When a film's about to come out, like I, I was on a social media, uh, silence when, Zack Snyder's Justice League first came out, or I try not to watch any trailers past the first one for Ghostbusters Afterlife. Like I try to keep the level of mystery going into what I'm going to see. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some films I don't mind getting spoiled for me anyway. You know, it ain't mm-hmm. gonna ruin my day if they spoil me before I watch it. It's not really gonna really ruin my enjoyment of it. But
2: yeah, but this one
1: sure. this one I was going to be surprised by.
2: Yeah, and and that's what I, yeah, it was, it was definitely one that, yeah, I was, I was surprised by and I, you know, really, really enjoyed for, for what it was and, yeah, so, we've, <laughs> we've very much gone on and on, uh, what is your number seven?
1: Um, I went with a Marvel film and I went with Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings.
2: Oh well, yeah, and I remember you really, you really enjoyed that one.
1: Yeah, and like, oh, I'm the guy that hates Marvel. <laughs> no, not true. From the fifteen of you that downloaded our Don't Let Us Be Misunderstood episode, you know I don't hate all Marvel films. I just like some more than others. But yeah, this one was really fun and like there you can have your people that on there that complain about well they didn't do this right, they didn't get this right. I knew very little about Shang-Chi going into the movie. I knew in the comics he had a dragon named Fing Fang Foom that wore underwear. And uh, then he was supposed to be the son of Fu Manchu. Because mm. I believe Marvel's trying to uh, cash in on the Kung Fu craze back in the 70s. Because um, well, in the comics it's Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu. Um, mm. So I'm not claiming to be an expert. Of Shang Chi, I was I was always kind of wondering why they didn't call it Shang Chi the Master Shang Chi the Master of Kung Fu the film, but oh well. I really enjoyed this film. It was, it was fun. Um, it has a lot of the Marvel humor thing that it has, but it also has a lot of awesome action scenes. Um, it does have that level of fantastical that I enjoy. Like for example, like I love the Guardians of the Galaxy films. I love the Doctor Strange film that we got. It's, it's got a little bit of that fantastical stuff in it to go with it. And that fight scene on the bus, if you've seen the trailers, oh my god, that is fucking amazing. But uh, it, it, I went and saw it in the theater. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was one thing I didn't like about it it was the post-credits scene. with was a certain uh, meh cameo, if I'm not giving away too much, Melissa.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I know who the meh is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see. <laughs> yeah, it's that, definitely one I I I'd, I'd like to check out. I just didn't really. I don't know. I wasn't really too. I saw the trailer for it, but I I I don't know. I wasn't really too keen on it. But I think you know definitely hearing reviews about it and good things that I think I'll probably you know sooner than later I'll I'll give it a watch and. Check
1: it well, out. It's fun, and if I'm not mistaken, it was one of the first Marvel films this year to like start bringing in big money too. I think so, yeah. Because I think it did better than Black Widow.
2: For sure, it did, yeah. Black Widow wasn't very good. Oh, so I've heard. I've I skipped over that one. <laughs> well,
1: well here, here's the thing with Black Widow. I saw it. And it is like, and I don't say like Captain Marvel. I'm like, eh, like. My I love Scarlett Johansson. It's just eh. <laughs> that's that's what all it was like. David Harbour's really good in, Cat, in Black Widow, yeah. but it's just the fact. Well, it takes place before Civil War. I think so. I think that's It takes
2: it that's takes place before
1: thing. Civil War because that's when they go into hiding, right? Civil War. Yeah. Like,
4: yeah.
1: yeah. so It takes place before Civil War. And um or is it after? Because not does don't her and so her and cap don't get captured, do they, at the end of the Civil War?
0: Uh
1: so I thought a couple of them didn't get captured. I know some of the team yeah. cap did get captured, but some of them didn't. Yeah. Well any anywho, it takes place before endgame, it takes place before all this stuff. So my big thing with my whole biggest thing with the film Much like how the evil died tonight, thing with Halloween Kills, how they laid in Heavyland and that. What really didn't make sense for me, what really made it like, oh, come on, for Black Widow was that they showed her in all this perilous danger. Like, well, we know she's not going to die because she dies in Endgame. Mm -hmm. So why are you wasting all this time showing her all these, like, death-defying, like, oh, she could die doing this, she could die doing this. We know she doesn't die here.
2: (laughs) And... And I mean, you know, for me, not really seeing it like I'm not like, yeah, Black Widow, like she's she's, you know, a decent character and everything. And it's kind of neat to see her in her own sort of story. But she wasn't really she's never really been a character that I've ever connected with, you know, so it's just like eh.
1: I I think they just waited. I think they waited too long to make a Black Widow film. I I really think they did. Yeah. Yeah. Had this had this movie came out while the character was still alive in the continuity, I think I would have cared more or been a little more excited like Some people ask how Black what ask how Black Widow was. It was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> that that's not me being the D, hardcore DC guy. This is like it was all right. <laughs> yeah. But the shang Chi, it's action packed and very fun at the same time. Yeah. it's certainly. I think I, I think he'd get. I think he get a kick out of Probably wouldn't make your top ten, but I think he'd enjoy it at least.
2: Yeah. Oh, well, I, I definitely. Um, it's it's now. It actually is on my 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 list to check out. So. Um, I will be watching it soon. Cause it, it does look like a decent film, and um, I mean all the the. <laughs> Working in the toy store for a little bit, I'm like the merchandise is pretty cool <laughs> and there was it,
1: a- it it really is a fun i think you'll i think you'll have i think you'll like it it's it's fun,
2: yeah Um. like I said, I'm definitely gonna check that one out so yeah.
1: so uh what's your number six?
2: My number six is a film that we previously talked about, and that is the King's Man
1: already started writing it down.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, um, I was super excited for this film. Um, I was really, really looking forward to it. And, you know, this film, the, like, when we were talking of trailers not really giving a lot, this one certainly did. It, like, did in the sense of not giving very much. Um, because it, it definitely, they, they focus on, you know, oh, they're going to, their main mission being to kill Rasputin. And, and that's it. Like they, that's basically oh, a trailer. They,
1: like, they really featured him heavy yeah. in the advertising and the trailer, but he's not in the film very long.
2: No. And I, I kind of found that a little bit interesting. Like they really, you know, focused in on him, but then there's, so much more to it so I kind of really liked that like I, I appreciated that okay they they did focus on on one character who really isn't in it all that much but it didn't give away to the rest of the film because there is so much else going on and um you know like like I told you after I I just gave you know the briefest of movers because I know you were going to go see it and you hadn't obviously seen it yet, so I just, you know, I really liked it. And you know, one of the things I said was, I'm really glad I paid attention in history class <laughs> in high school, <laughs> with 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 all the the, you know, basically, you know, your your what your spark was to start World War One and going off from there. And there there was a part of me that was like, you know, when they're, um. You know that they're gonna kill or you know plot to assassinate um, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, and oh, they're unsuccessful the first time. And I'm like, if you're not gonna kill him, we're gonna have words <laughs> in my head because I'm like, you need you need something to spark the World War One guys. Like, come on. <laughs> it was it was my history nerd buff that was like, come on now, let's let's continue this historical timeline here. And uh but obviously they did and they followed through with that and everything. And so um yeah it was it, it was just a funny thought to me when I was watching the film. I'm like, yeah, I'm really glad I paid attention in history or really enjoyed history class. So it's like I remember all these, you know, important moments in history that they basically the highlight. And um I definitely didn't expect it to be Sort of the war movie that it sort of turns into for a good little bit, <laughs> where it's you know the, the battlefield stuff and everything and um, you know I, I didn't really expect that, but it was it was good. Um, I, I kind of I, I did watch um, just actually just yesterday I watched like a the cinema snob he did a review of
1: yeah of I watched Matt. I watched that last night too. And,
2: I kind of agreed with him on it being a little bit uh, a little bit all over the place um with with its story like just so many but I think it's just you know so many different things going on that it's it is a little bit like that but I think at the end of it it all comes together at the end you know
1: uh, I I was going to regurgitate some of the things he said too like it is and that's why I think it goes back a little bit to my theory. My nitpick is it could have been a little shorter.
4: Yeah.
1: Like take some of these things out, you know. And like, they they really like we said earlier, they leaned heavily on Rasputin being in this, and he's only in like less than half the film.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I also like him. I had when they did the big reveal at the end, I'm like, who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy. Okay.
2: <laughs> but it was. It wasn't predictable, though. Because, I mean, in in some movies where you have somebody who's, you know, constantly under some kind of shadow or cover or whatever, you kind of can slowly figure out, like, who that person might be or is. If you can really, if you're, you know, that good at piecing everything together and be like, it's that guy. And, yeah, it was a little bit like, who? But they didn't, you know, you honestly didn't know who it was. So I think it was, it, it really wasn't the big reveal that it could have been if you kind of had an idea as to who it might have been, like a big like, oh, oh my God. But, you know, um, I mean, it, it. yeah, it was a little bit of, who are you? Oh, you're this guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> ah, okay.
1: <laughs> with our with our la- with our last episode fresh in my head, I'm like sitting there going, Here like, discussing please be Grant Morrison, please be Grant Morrison, please yeah. be Grant Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, yeah, I kinda of forgot who that guy was too and they finally revealed it. like Who? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay.
4: Yeah.
1: I did I did have the same thought that uh Ralph finds it too. How are we gonna get down?
2: i love that they're they're up on that that cliff and it's like how are we gonna get down
1: (laughs) um i didn't get a chance to mention earlier my favorite film my favorite part of the film had to be the the world war one stuff the the no man's land fight yeah when they're fighting in the middle of the night
0: that yeah
1: i like that gentleman's agreement that they put their guns down to Mm. uh to fight because they know if a gunshot goes off, they're gonna wake up both trenches. Yeah, I, I that, like that too. And that quick plot twist of that Scottish dude shooting shooting the son in the head.
4: Yeah,
1: like holy, I was like the first time the film. Went, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs>
4: Didn't
0: right? see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. Uh... Yeah. It
2: you know, I, I think, you know, it would it's just a really I, I definitely agree there there could have been some things that um you know could have been either gone you know, gone on a little bit less than it did or even just not really been in the film to kind of end it a little bit <laughs> earlier than it did, but I mean overall I thought it was a you know a great little um you know, sort of backstory to the Kingsman being created and it becoming what it does. And, uh, so, yeah, I, I really, I, I thought it was a great film. Um,
1: there, 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 there's films. I, I I think it really could have, it could have stood with stood to have like 15, 20 minutes cut from it. For
2: sure. Yeah, I would agree.
1: It's a two and a half hour film that feels like a two and a half hour film.
2: Yeah um yeah as definitely as as much as i you know i i did really enjoy it like i think it's a great film but yeah i i definitely was feeling it near, to, <laughs> near the end where i'm like yeah that was that was a hefty couple hours <laughs>
1: Yeah. like a lot of the films i saw this year like for example free guy has to be about an hour and a half two hours yeah didn't feel like that long with film but like Zack Sanders Justice League doesn't feel like a four hour film half the time when you're watching it, but uh but it's one like after a while it's like starting to squirm in the chair a little bit, I'm like okay.
2: Yeah, I was let start,
1: start to bring it on home here.
2: Yeah, let's let's wrap things up. Let's yeah. And and I'm not I'm not usually one to be squirmy in a chair, but I was definitely doing that. Like, okay, I can't you know can i can i find a somewhat comfy spot for the next little bit here <laughs> cuz <Because, laughs> you know i i kind of want to you know end this and let's go now you know? <laughs> but but no all that aside it's it i thought it was a really great movie um i definitely some nitpicks but i mean what movie doesn't have you know nitpicks about it or something you know um but, yeah, um, great movie, and definitely I think it was, you know, worth the wait. I mean, we did have to wait a little bit for this one, so um, I thought it was worth it.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm interested to see if they do, except they say that Matt Reeves has, like, seven films planned. So this will be the third one out of seven. We got Kingsman, Kingsman 3, which is supposed to start filming this year, I believe. Which is supposed to continue, like finish the Exy stuff. Mm. So I'd be interested to see if they go like with the with the teaser they give us. I'd be interested to see if they go to the World War Two era of the Kingsman. Yeah.
2: Which I mean, they they very well could. I mean, it would kind of if they wanted to continue that, like have it more the to, more towards the recent them being created and continuing on with that, because they most certainly could do that.
1: Uh, I really wish I would have gotten more Kingsman. I think if more, I think we should have gotten more base. Right, because I think didn't Simon say you could cut out all the Kingsman stuff. Yeah. And it, and it wouldn't deter from the plot.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what he had said. Too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think we've we've talked a lot about uh, the Kingsman and our our enjoyment of the film, even though he said it could have been cut out like at least twenty minutes. <laughs>
1: I could close my eyes and just see the lick licking Voldemort's leg wound.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, he's, god damn, like, they even, like, they had the, that one, like, black and white photo of him. And I think that was, like, that's the original photo of the actual dude. And it's like, holy fuck, oh. like, they nailed that look. Like, they, god damn.
1: I did. I was. I did enjoy the same actor played both King George, um, Kaiser, and uh, Nikola Romanov.
0: Oh yeah,
4: that,
1: that was cool. Yeah,
0: the one I think is that the. Um,
2: I I had to. I think it's the same. I I hope I'm not getting the actor wrong, but that. I believe that was the same – the actor who played Cutler Beckett in Pirates of the Caribbean. If that's the same guy you're talking about. I think
1: so. But I I was
2: like, this guy looks familiar. I was like, what? It took me the whole damn movie to figure out, holy shit, it's that (laughs) –
1: It took me the whole movie to figure out that it was – Voldemort, sort of the, guy the King's <laughs> well, guy's eye? This guy's eyes look familiar. <laughs>
4: it's just the nose. Like, lay
1: off me. I've only I've only been a Potter fan for less than a year, and never seen <laughs> Ralph finds with a nose.
2: <laughs> clearly, that threw you off. <laughs> it
1: was the nose. Yeah,
2: that's it. <laughs> See, like, I've seen him in, in other stuff, so, like, it's, like, the, um, um, uh, like, the James Bond films, so, like, I've seen him outside of being Voldemort, so it's, like, I could, you know, but,
1: i uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this guy looks familiar, this guy, who is this guy?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But yeah, it took me the entire movie to be
1: like, "Oh my god!" It's so like, oh, I, I recognize the guy that played the the mole for the Kaiser the whole time because he plays a German and everything. Yeah. he's a German spy in air, like "Glorious Bastards" and yeah. Uh, is he in <laughs> Civil War? I know, I know, he's Baron Zemo in the Marvel MCU. He's Baron Zemo. Yeah, I can't remember which film he was in. But he's also in Falcon Winter Soldier this year.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was like Ralph Fiennes, like.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I knew that knew his uh, his Butler assistant guy was the wizard from Shazam. Yeah. Right off the bat, too. But like, <laughs> 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 fucking, Ralph Fiennes to be for a the whole time.
2: That's just that's incredibly funny.
1: <laughs> this guy looks familiar
2: <laughs> where, where have we seen him oh my god
1: <laughs> well I had I had uh, I had the same thing with uh, uh, Rooney Mara from Nightmare Alley oh yeah I'm Like where have I seen her and I looked her up on IMDb and I got done because it was driving me nuts <laughs> and she was Nancy in the Nightmare on Elm Street remake I'm like oh that's where I knew her I'm like okay <laughs> Because I'm like, that will drive me nuts if I like I'm watching a movie for like two, two and a half hours, and I know I, I know I know this person, I know I know this person.
2: Yep, and the, and I mean, like I, I, I knew like the like the actor like you know Cutler Beckett, but I was like, is, is it? I, I literally I did the IMDb right after the film <laughs> it was like I need to confirm this. And yep,
1: <laughs> I did that too with uh, Venom, Other Be Carnage, the what, actress that played Shriek, yeah. like this. Well, this one looks familiar. It was Tia Dolma from the Parts of the Caribbean franchise.
3: Oh.
1: <laughs> I go, I told my brother, I "Go. I bet that's Tia Dolma from Parts of the Caribbean." I look it up. Nerd. <laughs> that's funny.
2: <laughs> that just it just makes me laugh about Ralph
1: fights <laughs> Like <laughs> I mean, as yeah, soon like, I don't need to look it up anymore. I know it is. God damn it. I feel stupid. <laughs> well, duh. He was obviously Alfred and Lego Batman.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, what's your number six?
1: Uh, number six for me was another one of your honorable mentions, and that will be Willy's Wonderland. Yeah. Sorry, and that guy who looks familiar. What's his name? Oh, yeah, Nicolas Cage. Ooh,
2: I, I don't think I've
1: seen. <laughs> I'm sitting there watching this film. Like this guy looks familiar. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> I need to go on IMDb.
0: And
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is another one I was. I kind of. I have to thank 3C Films for this one on uh, the channel on YouTube where I followed. Much like I followed him a lot for the Child's Play reboot that came out in 2019, I also followed him for this film. It's another film I think that came from well the fuck the Friday the 13th film that's been in development hell for f- four or five years now at this point. Um, same concept, it's killer animatronics that are possessed and guy trying to kill them off.
4: Mm.
1: Yeah, much like it's it's not much different than the Banana Splits film that came out in 2018.
4: I yeah,
1: sounds right. Maybe early 2019, maybe 2019 is when Banana Splits came out.
0: Yeah. But,
1: uh, yeah. Anyway. Which there, I think there's rumors that the Banana Splits was a failed script, because at one point Warner Brothers was going to do the Five Nights at Freddy's film. So there's rumors that uh, the Banana Splits film was like a failed script that they were going to use for Five Nights at Freddy's. They just threw the Banana Splits on it. Um, but I, it's essentially like the same as being a sports film, but it's different in a way. And this movie is—is is it an Oscar winner by any means? No, mm-hmm. but it's such a fun like turn your brain off for an hour and a half, two hours, and watch Nicolas Cage kill a bunch of possessed animatronics. Man, it is—it is a blast, man. And at first, it kind of bugged me that Nicolas Cage didn't talk in the film. But then yeah, I, I kind of, as I've watched it multiple times, like I said, rewatchability has played a big factor in my list this year. Mm-hmm. I think this one gets a lot of rewatch out of me because it's just so fun. If I've had like a rough day, I'll crack open a beer, throw some mossy sticks in the oven, and like, fuck, I want to turn on <laughs> Willie's Wonderland and just have a hell of a fucking night, man.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just a fun movie.
4: Yeah, and I
1: like how they, I like the hit. There's supposed to be a comic book series <laughs> with the backstory of the. The murderers that run the pizza or hot dog. Hot dog joint is a hot dog. It sold hot dogs. Uh there's supposed to be a a uh, a comic book series based off of the people that ran that restaurant. Mm. I was like my shop got it. But just how I love how fun it is and it it's gonna be a good placeholder to it if we ever excuse me, if we ever get a five nights at Freddy's film, like, which the more it gets delayed, the more directors and scripts we lose, the more faith they lose in getting a Five Nights at Freddy's film eventually. But um, it was a fun. I, I think I did say the what was fun too, but I think this one's fun in a different way for some reason. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't quite put my finger on why I enjoy them both, but I can't put my finger on why I probably enjoy this one a little bit more. I think this one's a little bit more well-acted. Even For though sure. the even though the kids in this film are like straight up cannon fodder, you know.
2: Yeah, but I think it it like I mean you know I love the you know the banana splits movie. I think it's just a it's 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 definitely another one of those like you know turn your brain off and just have fun with it and and laugh at the ridiculousness of it. Um, but you know I wasn't I mean I wasn't really that that crazy about Willy's Wonderland, but I still did enjoy it somewhat. Like, it was just, you know, this, a a lot better acted sort of, you know, Banana Splits, Five Nights at Freddy's thing. And I kind of like that, you know, Nicolas Cage wasn't talking because you kind of get to know this character even just through what he, his actions and things and not even having any dialogue and him then being the most savage ever. (laughs) He's like, you know, beating the crap out of these animatronic characters and um uh, I, I love how like one of one of my favorite things is you know, he would do his thing and then oh break time and then go play. <laughs> <a good ball. laughs>
1: he is straight he is straight up savage of some of those yeah. animatronics. Yeah. Oh <laughs> only curb stomps the gorilla
4: <laughs>
1: into the yeah. into the urinal. To the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like how he's getting ready to the the, the, the si- siren Sarah's getting ready to kill the little girl and his watch goes off and he just yeah. hands, his, hands his pocket knife to the girl <laughs> and walks away.
4: <laughs> 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 like it was mean,
2: just. Like like those little things like that are just it made it completely funny because you definitely, you know, he's out of it. He has to take his, his break. So it's like, okay, here you go. <laughs> but without, without any dialogue, without speaking, you get a sense of who this guy is. And it's just, yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it, it's such a fun film. It's like a good way to distract your brain for an hour, hour and a half. And, um, I've been tracking the film for a while, like I said, through 3C Films, and um, I think it came right to VOD, and it was like twenty bucks to rent. I'm like, no, no, absolutely not. But I waited for it to come out on Redbox, and I got it for two bucks on Blu-ray. and I watched it one night, and I ended up buying it for like ten on Blu-ray, like or ten or fifteen on Blu-ray. I'm like, oh, that's a good price for it. But it was like twenty to twenty to rent digital. I'm like, God uh, no, hell no, not for a B Nicolas Cage film, but. I, I quite enjoyed it. It was money well spent. And I eventually bought it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think, if I'm looking at my list, I think it's probably gotten the most rewatches on my list, I think, actually.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do want to tra- track down that comic, though, uh, going to the backstory of the the serial killers that end up possessing the animatronics eventually.
2: Yeah, that would be really that would be a fun, interesting read for sure. Basically, like you know how they're getting to
0: that that point, like that would be a really cool read.
1: I think it's just more of their backstory of them killing people in the back room of that uh of that place.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: So we finally reached the top five. Did. So, Melissa, what is your number
2: five? My number five is No Time to Die. And this was a film that obviously, like, it, you know, got pushed back and pushed back. And um, it was, you know, a long wait to finally get to see this film. And I am really, really glad that. I got to see it in a theater on the big screen because it definitely needed that. I think it would have lost a lot if I had seen it, say, like, on Netflix or some kind of streaming or rented it through something. It just wouldn't have had that same experience. I think I probably still would have enjoyed it as much as I did, but I don't know. It still wouldn't have had that sort of full-on experience of the film. And um, and it's... It's really good. Um, it's such a great, you know, run, ending to to Daniel Craig's run as as Bond. And, you know, I think they, they really ended it, you know, brilliantly. Like, I think they told a really great story. Um, and it really explains sort of a lot of the things from previous films that weren't really... Um, they, they sort of tie up those loose ends. Because uh, there, there is a few things in like the other films that you know are there, not really explained, but they kind of wrap that up in this film, and um, so yeah, they they really did a great job of of having those loose ends tied up and um, making you know le- kind of ending on a you know on a a little bit of a sad note for him because <laughs> of how how the film ends with him. But he's still i think leaving on a good note, like it's just it's final, it's not setting up for oh, he's not really leaving, he's gonna be in the next film or he suddenly doesn't he suddenly shows up like that doesn't happen, you know, like he's that's you know he reached his end, and um I think they they told a really brilliant story, and uh i i I really enjoyed it from beginning to end, and i've um, I actually just I I bought the film today because <laughs> I, I wanted to buy it and it finally has come on on DVD. So um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be rewatching it. I, I'm probably going to rewatch the entire series again because I just I loved uh, Daniel Craig as Bond. I thought he did a really great job. Like I thought he was, you know, he was kind of like the not too technologically savvy, like he wasn't always using technology for things, he was sort of more simple in, in his approach to things, um, but he could still, you know, you, you really got an immediate sense of him in, in Casino Royale, like he busts through a dry, a, like a wall, the drywall, like this is him. This is what he can do. Like he can he can play the class. He you know he can be that guy, but he can also be the guy who has zero fucks and will bust through a wall. Like <laughs> like this is him, and it kind of a little bit reminded me of like you know like the Sean Connery Bond. Like where he's just you know simpler, simple gadgets. You know isn't really gadget heavy. Kind of you know does things sort of his own way. So it's sort of a little bit like that, but um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I really loved this film. I thought it was um, a really good ending to to Daniel Craig's run, and uh, yeah, it was it was good. I actually saw it. I mean, my mom and I went to see that one because she had seen um, most of the Bond films as well, and she's you know an original like Bond film fan as well. And so she saw the film with me, and we we both loved it a lot. So we we really enjoyed it, and we were really happy with how they told the story and then how they kind of completed everything. So, yeah.
1: Nice. I've never been a huge bond guy, but I have seen a handful of films. I believe I've seen Casino Royale cause it's got future poison. Ivy actress, Eva green in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like,
2: I mean, God damn it. I,
1: I, I say not I'm saying I hate Bond. I just it, Bond was never my thing, but I, I've seen previews for it. it Look cool. So
2: it's it is. I mean, I'm I'm a Bond fan. Like I, I love all the Bond films. I think they're they. I mean, the older films. Like if you watch them now, which I kind of which I did recently. Like I've I didn't watch the more recent ones yet, but I was kind of on a Bond kick where I was watching all the films and stuff, and then made up got up to the the like, Daniel Craig run, and, um, yeah, like, I, I just, I love all the Bond films. I think they're just, they're, they're so much, to me, they're fun. Um, a, a little bit unrealistic in some of the situations he gets into, but you don't think about it, you just have a blast of a time with it. And I mean, like, and I'm you know, the action film fan, so that's very much what it is. Um, I mean, some of the older films, not so much. It's more like the the like espionage spying kind of thing where it's not so much action-packed not like you know the newer bond films um but yeah i've always been a been a james bond fan so um yeah I, I really enjoyed it and i mean like you know i like in the the one podcast episode like talking about how you know i don't watch films for you know my my purpose isn't always for the eye candy you know where it's like okay, I'm not just gonna watch a film just because uh, like Jason Momoa is like shirtless in it or some shit, you know, <laughs> whatever, or for some other reason. But fuck, I'm,
1: I'll watch a movie if Jason Momoa is shirtless in it,
2: <laughs>
1: while eating a large popcorn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you know, like it, it wouldn't be the you know the main reason for it, right? But I have to admit, I mean Casino Royale. the obviously, like the new one with Daniel Craig, and and like with Daniel Craig being all shirtless and lovely, huh, the eye candy's real, man. And then, and then you got frickin' Eva Green, who's just a gorgeous woman. It's it's like eye candy central. So sometimes when I watch it, it's just purely for like the the sexiness that is Daniel Craig, and and Everything. And then Eva Green, who's equally sexy, so it's like, you know.
1: But anyway. But no love, no love for Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> no, just for sad. that. No, now he's going to be shirtless in The Crimes of Grindelwald or The Secrets of Dumbledore. He's going to be shirtless in The Secrets of Dumbledore now.
2: Oh, man. I really need to watch it then. <laughs> 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 but, uh,. <laughs> but anyway, besides that, um, I'm going yeah. to
1: kill the Muggles with my wonderful pecs <laughs> Oh
0: God! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> You're evil.
1: (laughs) Get your shit together. You're a professional podcaster.
2: Oh, yeah, real professional. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, but, yeah, I really loved um, No Time to Die. I thought it was definitely 1,000% worth the wait, Um, and I know many others that, you know, have seen the film. um, I've kind of said the same thing. Like, it was definitely, you know, worth it seeing, and it was a great story, and um, it, it... it definitely ends, you know, sad, but it's also on a good note where it's just, yep, he's concluding it, and, you know, we can kind of guess maybe who might be the next sort of incarnation of, of Bond. Um, but I know there's been a lot of that going around right now. Um, but, um, but yeah, I think they did a really great job, and I, I really enjoyed the film. So, Yeah.
1: So that, don't they try? Don't surprise. they try to set up in the trailers so like it's gonna be a lady Bond next?
2: Kind of, and I mean they they did have that in the film too, because like in the in the film um, Bond is is like he's sort of out of the the Secret Service, like he's sort of doing his his sort of own thing, and as a replacement, sort of like as a 7 O seven, they've got a female, and so they they still sort of have that um in the movie so i don't know maybe i mean it could it could very well be a possibility i mean why not like you know why why couldn't you you know it's it's go (laughs) as i always do going back to doctor who it's very much like that too where it's been mostly a male role and now finally you know it's only taking them over 50 years to cast a female where they actually had a female doctor. So it's kind of the same thing here, where there's the potential for there being a female um, 007. So you never know. I mean, that would be kind of neat. It'd be something different. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, if if that becomes a thing, I think it'd be kind of neat. But if it doesn't, well... That's fine, too, you know.
1: Well, hopefully the world embraces it better than they embrace female Ghostbusters.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I would, I would agree. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was my number five. So what is your number five?
1: Well, I'm ready to talk about the Suicide Squad now.
2: <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> What are your
1: thoughts on the film? Sorry, some of us hold DC films to higher standards than others. You hold
4: higher? No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. I. I actually put this film higher than I thought it would be. Actually, I. I. This. What sucked about this the most was that this film came out in my busiest time of year, right before Tugfest. Hmm. So when I'm essentially down the levee, down the riverfront, most of the that week of this, I feel bad because I was supposed to go see. I was supposed to um, be on our friend Phillips' show. Uh, super Stress to talk about it, but I just we couldn't make the schedules link up. The scheduling is the enemy of podcasting. But um, I really did enjoy it more than I thought it would. I know going into the film, my biggest um hang-up was that they made King Shark stupid.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, from seeing him in the Flash television show and on the Harley Quinn cartoon show, I know King Shark's not stupid. Mm. I did get kicked out of the fact that it was voiced by Sylvester Stallone, though. I thought that was funny. Mm. But um, after watching the film the first time, it really honestly didn't bother me after that. Because um, what they had King Shark doing was funny. And I believe you said earlier when you said on your, li- uh, way down your list how you said how it just goes from zero to a hundred right away. Yeah. It was opening five minutes when he wipes out like half the fucking characters. That was just bat shit insanity. Like I can't believe he took out Captain Boomerang that quick. And I know I think probably the biggest hang up for people in this film has to be James Gunn's humor. Yeah. Like Peacemaker was a lot of Peacemaker in general is a big hold for a lot of people. I agree with a lot of people that say, like, James Gunn's humor for me, like most people, is very hit and miss. Yeah. Some of the jokes work, some of the jokes don't work for me. But I think a lot of, like, John Cena's of his Peacemaker was stupid that he was saying, or. But I think what makes it funny to me was John Cena's delivery. Of those stupid ass lines because he's fully invested like the, the starfish is a slang term for butthole. Not very funny on paper, but it's John Cena's performance is what makes it funny, I think. Same with the whole beach full of dicks thing. Yeah. Like it's it's not funny really like it's kind of like low brow humor but i think john cena's commitment to the character is what makes it funny yeah,
0: absolutely
1: but uh i but true and i'm a true blue margot robbie harley quinn fan because margot is going to be my future ex-wife one these days and i just went out and bought a, a mcfarland dc uh, Harley figure from the Suicide Squad, her in the red dress, holding the javelin. I
4: know.
1: Let's think it. So, you know. I don't have any Margot Robbie Harley stuff in my collection. Look at my Kuro cabinet when I get home. Yeah, I got a bunch of Harley stuff of Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just don't have anything for Birds of Prey. <laughs> but, um... But, obviously, honestly, the biggest standout for me in this one was David Del and as the Polka Dot Man. Yeah. Now, I can admit that a lot of the characters James Gunn picked, I wasn't very familiar with. Especially a lot of the ones he killed off right away at the beginning. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, TDK and Blackguard and Savant, Weasel. A lot of them, I had no fucking clue who they were. But, like, I knew who Polka Dot Man was. I knew who King Shark was. I knew who... The thinker was. I knew who Starro was, which I, I also liked that he went with Starro. And I blood sport I was vaguely familiar with. No idea who Ratcatcher was, no idea who uh Peacemaker was. But uh, I really did dig it, a lot of it. Um I liked Idris Alba as Bloodsport, I like the back and forth with him and Cena. I like that. Like them when at the camp going back and forth killing people off. <laughs> like like his interactions with Sebastian the rat, all that stuff. And um but like I said what I really love most is David as the polka dot man.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like he uh for those of you who don't know, I worked at a haunted house this past year and my last week in there, I worked in the clown room with all black lights. I made a polka dot man costume and uh I had up tagging David Delsmulchin on Twitter, and he ended up liking the post, so I thought it was pretty cool.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But I like his dry, bla- I, I like his dry, like, I talk about how earnest John Cena was with his delivery and his Peacemaker lines. I love David Delsmulchin's delivery of Polka Dot Man's lines, too. Like, we're all going to die. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> or how he replied with, uh... Oh, when they're in the camp and they like they're trying to do like oh those those people were done when we got here, and he just plainly dryly says I imagine they're all my mo- I, I imagine they're my mother in my head and I killed them. <laughs> <laughs> like how flat he says it, or he uh, they're in the bar and he talks about how uh, all the people. Had- Die in drunk driving accidents and shit. Like, one drink didn't hurt anybody, except for all the thousands of people that die in drinking and driving accidents every day. Like, wow. <laughs> like, so I really thought that is, like, he was, the, I think he was the MVP of the movie. It made me say that he died, too. Yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I quite I quite enjoyed him, and I quite enjoyed, like, you know, him you know, I, or like I saw my mom, whatever, and, and those kind of moments with that, and, and and I did enjoy like his dryness of just, you know, delivering the, this, you know, um, like his, his, the things that he said and just seeing them so sort of dryly and a little and a little bit just casually, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoyed that, and and yeah, like I did not expect, you know, this film to be that savage not even five minutes into the film. Um, but um, yeah, it was, it's just a ton of fun and yeah.
1: Um, well, like I said, going into my biggest hang up was King shark being stupid by the night. I actually yeah. really enjoyed King shark too.
2: But I think they, you know, like I didn't really so much like that either. I'm like, okay, really? You're, you're making him stupid when he's, he's not. Um, But I think it did pay off in the end, like what they had him doing, like him, you know, ripping people in half, like just kind of being savage, like just, okay, like he's he's more than just hand. (laughs)
3: Hand.
2: Yeah, like he's, he's more than that. So I think. I think he, he was a little bit redemptive for him because
1: well, every every team needs the muscle, much like Killer Croc in the first one. You need yeah. your muscle.
0: For sure.
1: But, Harley's your wild. Harley's your wild card, and then uh, Bloodsport is your leader.
2: Yeah, for sure. But, I, I I really love. I mean, I I love Harley Quinn anyway, and I love Mongo Robbie's. Harley Quinn, like she's just amazing. Um, she was uh, seriously born for that role, um, but I, I really loved her in this. Like just how kick ass she is. Like when she she gets out of the the jail and she just that whole sequence of her just amazing.
1: I kind of wish we would have gotten more of Harley in this one because I think it's one thing that you know, the film was really lacking was more Harley. Yeah, we got the lot. Yeah. We got her. We got her side plot. I think we needed more of her in the central role. I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, but yeah, I, I definitely when, when going into this, like I was not familiar with really any of these characters except for obviously like King Shark and Harley Quinn, obviously. Um, but that was sort of about it for me. Like I, I these are very much under the radar characters for me. So it was kind of neat to get to know them for you know a little bit
1: and um yeah you kind of had to figure off the off the bat that it james gunn going so deep in the vault that you know a lot of them were going to make it out. with it being suicide squad movie in general you know with the level of how deep he went in the vault you knew a lot of these characters weren't going to make it out alive
2: yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, and, and kind of figured that out, and then obviously you proved that in the film. So, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I, I do like having the inside joke now with my my tug of uh, my my tug master and teammate Michelle. I do the hand <laughs> <laughs> fake mustache. <laughs> The fuck? What I want a leaf for? He wants to give you a pretty leaf. to shows he is not means no harm. <laughs> the stuff with Sebastian was funny too. Is that rat waving at me? Yeah. <laughs> it appears that way. Yes. Why? My guess is he's friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, So, what is your number four?
2: My number four is The Mitchells versus The Machines. And, um, I, I, again, like, it was one of those ones where, um, I I thought it looked kind of interesting, but it wasn't one that, um, you know, I was, uh, kind of wanting to see or anything like that. It was just, like, actually, well, it was more or less um who was it I can't remember one of our our podcast friends had seen it and they really loved it and it was kind of getting some really great uh reviews and things and so I was like well I'll check this film out and I absolutely loved it um it is such a feel-good animated film um and it's gotten several rewatches for me like it's it, I've I've rewatched it quite a few times because I just I love it so much. Um, it's it's kind of it's it's a little bit of of a maybe not so much dysfunctional family but a little bit like maybe more not dysfunctional but more disconnected family because they're all kind of doing their own thing and and they've kind of gotten away from um, kind of what they used to do and. You know, like I love like the daughter, she really has dreams of going to film school and you know, being a filmmaker and she makes these little mini short films and things and and so she has that dream and it kinda gets a little bit interrupted when her parents want to drive her to the college or to the, the college or university, or whatever where she's taking this course, and then suddenly it's technology is you know, there's the whole thing of oh, a new upgraded technology and whatever, and well, soon that technology takes over, and it's basically them, this family battling against this technology, and it's just, it's so much fun. It has got so much, it, it's your action, it's got humor, um, and it's just, and a lot of heart to it, especially kind of throughout the film. There's there's a lot of heart touching moments, and, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's so good, it's a hell of a lot of fun.
1: I want to say it was probably Lisa, I think I saw, that watched it, because I, much like Gunpowder Milkshake and, uh, Kate, it's, in Army of, in, uh, Army of the Dead, like, those films that came out on Netflix this past year, just were hot for the white, the for the hot minute they were uh the new thing and they just kinda disappeared in the background. But I wanna say it's probably Lisa posted about Mitchell's and the machines. Mitchell's versus the machines.
2: Yeah, I think she saw, it, but I think it was first Oh, it was um it was Tim Rooney. He was the one who 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 posted about about the film, and, and that's what got me to watch it, because he was raving about it, like, he really loved it, and I think, I think I know why, like, he really loved it, probably because, like, the girl, like, she dreams to be a filmmaker, so I think that connected with him a lot, because I know he's, he's, he's a filmmaker, and he, he, that's one of his things that he wants to do, so I think that's why he, you know, I mean, it's a really fun film, but he, he was an influence in me watching that, that movie, and um, you know, it's uh it's so much fun. I I would really love to own the film. Like I want to buy the film cuz it's I've rewatched it so many times and I think even like I mean it's still on streaming but you know, I if I own the film, I'm probably going to watch it even more because it's just such a feel good fun film.
1: Yeah, I like I said, I think Mitchells vs Machines much like Kate and Gunpowder Milkshake and Army of have- Army of the Dead like they had their moment in the sun they were white hot
2: oh absolutely
1: like, it seems like a lot of streaming films this year like they had like their week or two where they were the thing yeah and then they just disappeared once like a new theatrical release came out but yeah I, I do remember that one being burning white hot for a while too
2: yeah it absolutely was um yeah all those ones that you mentioned were, were definitely uh you know definitely a thing for a while with, with people, and I mean, it's still, I mean, The Missiles versus the Machines is still a thing for me. Like, I, I absolutely just love the film. It's just too much fun. Uh, yeah. So, um, so that's my, my number four. What is yours?
1: I think mine might be a little controversial being this high in my list. Uh-oh. But this one got a lot of replay out of me, and This one has made me scratch my head so much when I hear people hating on this film. My number four is Mortal Kombat. Okay. I watched this with my buddies. My brothers, Mikey, and Jason and Kevin. We got together. We had some food at Mikey's house. We threw on Mortal Kombat, and I loved it. I do not get all the hate this film gets because I have heard so many people crap on this film and I go in a world where Mortal Kombat Annihilation exists you think this one is bad? (laughs) Well, they're not even a tournament. Okay, (laughs) smartass. Point of order, number one. Halfway through the first film of Mortal Kombat 95 they ditched the tournament. In Moral Covenant Annihilation, there's no tournament at all either. Mm. So quit so the, your argument there is invalid.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: They're getting to the tournament because they said Shao Kahn is trying to get rid of the Earth Realm fires before the tournament starts so he can take over the Earth Realm. Yeah. I guess some people can't wrap their brains around that. Mm. <laughs> but right. I, I I also think our friend Philip Barker is probably like the only guy I, of our friend of ours I'd known in the podcast and we let's enjoyed this one as much as I have he's openly admitted that like he loves this film I really loved it too um I, I think I was going to put it a little bit higher or lower it's got a, I bought it when it came out blu-ray I got I got a lot of rewatches of it cause I love the Scorpion versus Sub-Zero stuff that stuff is great Goro looks so much better uh, Goro's not in the film much, very long some of the we get some fatalities we get some flawless victories like some of the stuff is so much better uh the guy that, I should have been, the guy that played kano oh my god he's my favorite character he is so fucking funny because uh there's a have you seen it Melissa
2: I haven't actually no All right
1: well well there's this although they're tracking on people who have dragon tattooed these dragon marks that's how they know they're in the tournament and um there is a uh, Sonya Blade has Kano tied up, and Kano has the mark. And Kano is just like this vile dude. <laughs> Every time he opens his mouth, it's like vulgarity coming out. And uh, Sonya doesn't have the mark, and she's talking to a uh, Cole. This character is not in the game. Character not in the game. Um, another complaint you hear about the movie. He's uh-huh. talking to Cole, who we found out who's a descendant of Scorpion, spoilers, um, has the mark. But talk talking about how she doesn't have the mark. And you hear Kano in the background go, wah, wah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that was funny.
1: That got me so hard the first time I saw it. Like it was so fucking wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed this film. It is so fun. Like I I can't really I watched like a month or two ago just because and like it, it, it was fun. I, I really enjoy it. I like the so the Scorpion and Sub Zero stuff is so good. So good. Those fights are so good. Um Jax looks a lot better in this than they did in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Um Liu Kang looks good. We get his uh we get his uh, cousin Shao Kahn. His yeah, his cousin Shao Kang. Shao Kahn and then Shang Tsung is the I got him all confused. It's been a long day. Shang Tsung is the leader of the uh the dark world. Um We'll get some other characters before that just look so badass. The movies, uh, Lord Raiden looks so much. No, no offense to Christopher Lambert who played Lord Raiden in the first Mortal Kombat film, but Lord Raiden looks so much better in this one. It's real I think he. I think he'd dig it, especially the Scorpion Sub Zero stuff. If you saw it, Melissa. Well, definitely. Um, uh,
0: like,
2: is it a, is it a film that would? like it sort of stands on its own or is it kind of have to see the other film? like I'm familiar with the video game and I have played um, a little bit of the the one of of Mortal Kombat. Like I know I get the gist it, of it's, what
1: it is. It's its own thing.
2: Okay. So I could, I could just kind of throw it on and watch it and.
1: Yeah. You don't need to watch the other two films to know what this is about. It's, it's, it's its own universe.
2: Okay. Cause that's what i was like i know you, you had mentioned that there was like there was other films and stuff and so i was sort of interested in seeing the film because it looked really cool like it looked like oh this is a kick-ass film um but i just i don't know i just didn't really get around to seeing because i kind of thought oh you have to see like the other ones <laughs> to kind of know but okay as long as it's a kind of a standalone then yeah i'll definitely be checking it out
1: from. yeah if you need to know who the characters are yeah, but if if you've played the games, you're familiar with most of the characters, like Goro, and uh, Liu Kang, and Kano, and Sonya Blade, and Jax, and Scorpion, Sub-Zero, all them. Yeah,
2: yeah. You'll be good. Okay, cool. I'll have to check it out then.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I think you'll love Kano. Kano's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> probably (laughs) Uh, what is your number three
2: my number three is and this was a pure uh, hidden gem not influenced by anybody else Um, nobody else had had seen it Um, I think I found it it might have been on Amazon Prime maybe I don't think it was Netflix but I think it was Amazon Prime Um, The Courier and this is a, um, it's a kind of a Cold War, well, not really Cold War, but it um, revolves around the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it's about this story, it's actually a true story of a British businessman who is um, kind of unwittingly recruited into one of, um, into, into this kind of big international conflict. And he forms a partnership with a a Soviet officer who's hoping to prevent a nuclear confrontation. Obviously, people in the missile crisis, everybody had their finger hovering over the button. Like, who's going to press the button and basically annihilate everybody? (laughs) So basically, these two, they work together to provide intelligence and information. And um, this businessman apparently... Uh it was like five thousand like pieces of information that he provided um to basically help um end this thing and and ultimately not have any nuclear <laughs> confrontations happen um but uh yeah, it's a really good film um it stars Benedict cumberbatch, he's the British businessman and I can't for the life of me remember who else is in it which is really sad (laughs) because I should remember who but um it's just a well-done film like it's it's you know it's kind of the spy stuff it's got a little bit of action but it's also just um a really a really great story And and it's an incredible story that's being told like just amazing and the stuff that that um guy went through is is insane (laughs) um but yeah i i really enjoyed it but then like i'm i'm very much a sucker for like kind of historical films and things like anything you know like a historical moment or true story with somebody like you know like i very much liked um what was the, the imitation game and, you know, I, I absolutely love that film. So I, I love those those films where it's like looking at people that you don't necessarily, you know, know or have heard of. And so it's kind of fun to, you know, to learn about these people and what they did. And so this film was um, very good. I I enjoyed the, like, I, I absolutely adored it. So, yeah, that that was my number three.
1: You no, know, I thought you were setting up for a joke by saying nobody's seen this. I thought you were gonna say Zach Snyder's Justice League.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't talk about that film either yet.
1: Hidden gem, nobody's seen it yet. Nobody's ever seen this.
2: <laughs> no, <laughs> I was not setting up for a joke. <laughs>
1: the perfect opportunity for, like, two or three movies. Like,
0: oh. <laughs> Did they see it? Yeah, the, uh,
2: Godzilla vs. Kong.
1: <laughs> Only a handful of people saw that one. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no. <laughs> no, because, like, a, a lot of the other, you know, there's been a couple films on my list that, you know, have been kind of influenced by by a friends and things so um this one definitely wasn't it was one that um had actually been on my watch list for a while and i just hadn't really gotten around to it cuz it it just seemed like it would be kind of a heavier film and it and it is like it's it's not really one that you sort of um you know randomly throw on one day like you know it's it's not really one of those but it's definitely worth a watch um, it was one that I was sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna finally watch this because I think it, you know, be worth a watch, and and it definitely was um, very very well done uh, film. So, yeah, no jokes.
1: <laughs> no jokes, just Cumberbatch.
2: Exactly, which is never a bad thing, except uh, the old, my only complaint is is Benedict Cumberbatch should never just. Have a mustache, cause that man cannot do a mustache whatsoever. <laughs> and he has that in this film, and it's like, dude, no, no, this, please, no. <laughs> you know, only so many people can 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 rock facial hair, and it's not everybody. And he can't. I mean, with with Doctor Strange, he can. Um, but like, that's about it. Otherwise, he cannot do just a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it really looks ridiculous. <laughs> but that's it. That's my only, like, really minor funny nitpick. <laughs> the whole
1: thing's a nitpick. Oh, man, cover shouldn't have a mustache.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was... that, And I, I, I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to... I need to mention this in our top 10, because that's just the funniest observation ever.
1: Only one person in Great Britain was allowed to have a mustache. It's Freddie Mercury.
2: A thousand percent. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, Benedict, he needs to not ever have a mustache, because that just doesn't suit him whatsoever. (laughs) I mean, it does go away in, in later in the film, but still, it's like most of the film, it's mustachioed Cumberbatch, and it's like, dude, no, just <laughs> it's it's a lot like, uh, you know, Captain America and his beard. He cannot rock a beard whatsoever. Even even my friend Jenny, who loves Chris Evans and Captain America, like she just loves him, was like, no he needs to get rid of that now. Like she she likes the clean-shaven Chris Evans. Um and I agree. I mean, not everybody can can do facial hair, man. It just and he's one of them and Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs>
1: so well, It could have been yeah. worse. It could have been He could have been doing his American accent with the mustache.
0: God, no. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> I mean, the American accent's fine, but the mustache, no, that needs to fucking go. <laughs> so anyway, that, that that's it for me. <laughs> what What's your number
1: three? Uh, my number three was another one of your honorable mentions, and I went with uh, Cruella.
2: Ooh, yes, that one's a fun one.
1: Oh, this is a movie I absolutely had fun with. Uh, I think Emma St- like we said, uh, Har- like you said, Margot Robbie was born to play Harley Quinn. I think Emma Stone was born to play Cruella Deville. Oh,
2: thousand percent.
1: I went and saw this in the theater, too, back when it came out. And I had so much fun with it. I like the the setting, like the 60s, 70s era London. I like the whole punk movement going on. Mm-hmm. We did our Harry Potter episode. I talked about how I, oh, I couldn't see Emma. Every time I look at Professor Trelawney... There's no way I could believe that was Emma Thompson. But when I see her in this film, like kid, yeah, that's definitely Emma Thompson. <laughs> like, I look at her like, that's not Professor Trelawney. No way. No way. No way. That's Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is really Professor Trelawney. <laughs> Yeah, I loved Emma Thompson in this film. I got a huge laugh though when the lawyer showed up because it's Nandor from What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. So, <laughs> as soon as he walked in, I just got the just started chuckling to myself. I yeah. think I had to explain to Jasmine why I was laughing. Like, oh, he's in this show called What We Do in the Shadows. It's, he's so fucking funny. Yeah. Uh,
4: <laughs>
1: I loved uh, I loved the Horace and Jasper in this because um, I'd seen the guy that played. Jasper. Because he's an Itanya. I saw him on uh It's always Sunny in Philadelphia, the the fatter guy. He's 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 pretty fucking funny and everything I've seen him and he's he's good. Um so I really love them. The whole movie I think was just well done. And like the Disney live action movies they've been really hit and miss for a lot of people. Like I loved Dumbo. Mm. I really loved this one. Like I, I've gotten a couple rewatches out of this one since I bought it too. And the reason why it took me so long to buy this one is just because. Prices for Disney films are just nuts, man. It's oh,
2: they
1: are. But I I, I ended up buying on a DVD instead of Blu-ray, but I I really I really love it. It's it's a fun movie. Again, I I, t- I think I told you like yeah, the whole plot was with her mom mm-hmm. being them like oh okay, it's kind of predictable a little bit, you know. But um, I also loved Mark Strong in this film. He was really good. Like Mark Strong's a guy who's like great in everything he's in.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, like seriously, anything that I've seen him in, he's always been great. Like, no, yeah. He's he's awesome. And he was really awesome in this one too.
1: Like Green Lantern, Shazam, the Kingsman movies. Like mm-hmm. he's great in all those.
2: Oh, absolutely. For sure. But yeah, this one this one, uh yeah, the Corolla, I, I absolutely loved. I mean having not seen i mean i still haven't watched <laughs> i'm very late to the party on a lot of films um especially Disney ones, but i hadn't seen hundred and one Dalmatians i mean i still haven't seen the film yet
1: the the original or the live action the original, original. from the sixties or like, the OG. or the one from nineteen the one from two thousand
2: no the the o g the one hundred and one Dalmatians i have not That's seen it's a good
1: one Crowley Deville is one of my favorite Disney villains.
2: So, but but I kind of sort of had a, like a familiarity with with Carole Deville and who she is. So, and I mean, you don't really have to see it to get to know her in this film, because um, you you really do get to know her and and who she is. And and uh, yeah, I had a lot of fun with with the film. Um, there, like, I I think my my favorite like you know, movement where, like, her, like, that whole punk look, like, I absolutely adored that, like, that was really cool, but I, I did love her other, like, her creativity with everything else, too, like, just really, really great stuff, and, um, I, I definitely believe, yeah, Emma Stone was born to play that role, because she did it just brilliantly, like, she was able to play that kind of reserved, you know, girl, and then, be this complete opposite of of who we sort of meet at first, and just yeah, and, and I mean you can really tell she was having fun with it. Like she she was having a fucking blast, and you 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 definitely you, you have that much fun watching the film. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed it too.
1: Yeah, I think one of my favorite scenes would be the little fashion show she had in the middle of the street. Yeah. And it's like that reaction of Thompson. She killed my dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> I, like the, I got the. I got the like. I also like the guy they got from the shop to help her out too. Yeah,
2: he was fun.
1: He was. He was fun too.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: I can't remember his name right. Now. I've only seen the film yeah. like once or twice, twice, two or three times. But I, I liked him too. He was fun. But I liked, I liked the, I liked the relationship between her and Horace and Jasper in this too.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I just, I think everybody did such a great job, and like you, you really saw just you know chemistry with everybody, and and yeah, I, I really love that too. But uh, I, I do kind of like it, it was an honorable mention but it doesn't mean i didn't like the film like i absolutely i i really loved it but um i i do want to buy the film i just yeah like you said prices of Disney films is crazy so i i still have yet to purchase my copy of it but yeah it's yeah, that, it's so much fun that
1: was probably the main reason what took me so long to buy a copy of shang chi to just fucking dizzy man
2: oh yeah, yeah for sure
1: so I think now we're in the territory where we're going to start being on the same page now.
2: <laughs> I think so. I think we're we've. I mean we we've had similarities, but mostly it's been similarities from like my honorable mentions. So I think we've. I'd say this, I, I, I think this is the most
1: diverse we've been on a top ten actually. I think
2: so, and that's you know what I was going with. Like I was really happy to have sort of a variety because I'm like probably I I knew we would have some. A couple matches but um yeah i think we've we've definitely done well with it being diverse so i think we're definitely thousand percent going to be on the same page for this last two
1: <laughs> so without further dudes uh what is your number two melissa
2: my number two is ghostbusters afterlife
1: Ooh.
0: I'm assuming
2: yours is in a different order.
1: I'm not ready to talk about this film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I can I can see which order. <laughs>
1: Spoilers like a motherfucker. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, yeah, my my thought. I'll share my thoughts on the film, and then we can move on to yours. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. I absolutely had a blast with this film. Um it I I didn't get to to see it again in, in theater as I kinda wanted to, but um I, I definitely wanna buy the film. Um because it just it smacks you with all the I mean like it, it it's definitely full of nostalgia. Um it and it's funny to me because that it does hold nostalgia for me because, like, it's not like I saw, you know, the original Ghostbusters when, you know, it came out. But I think because I did see, like, Ghostbusters sort of at a younger age, it has that nostalgia for me, Um, especially, like, the two original films. And so seeing this one, it just – all those little pieces throughout the film, like, you know, um the – uh the crunch bar and the whatever, like those little things. I'm like, ah, just, you know, remembering those little moments from the previous films. And, and then just that last sort of end of the film, just, oh, it's, it's just so sweet and so heartwarming. And it it was, I I was an emotional mess, (laughs) but, you know, what they what they did with it was just so sweet and kind and um spoilers what they did, you know, with, with Egon and Um it, it couldn't have honestly been more perfect. Um what how they, they did that. And you know, I do have a few nitpicks. I mean the the you know, like the, the whole uh, Gozer thing, like, it was sort of retelling the same story, um, like, you know, with the, the two other characters, you know, being that possessed by the dogs, like, that kind of got a little bit silly, like, it's much better in the original film, <laughs> but other than that, I just, the, the film is just a fun time, and it's really okay. fun to see like you know, that next generation of kids doing their thing, and so um, yeah, it very good film.
1: Well, that could probably the reason why the Terror Dogs was better is probably because the Gozer stuff. That's also thirty seven years advance in technology, so yeah, that plays a part in it.
0: Absolutely, but. uh yeah. Um.
2: But yeah, it's you know there there are a couple nitpicks and things, but other than that, honestly, they're very minor. And I, I I I still say you know stand behind like what I had posted up on on Facebook. Like it's it is everything. Like it's just it's it it has the nostalgia, but it also is not too. At least to me, it didn't seem like over the top with a lot of it. Like there was those little things throughout the film, and you know um but yeah it just the i love the story like them discovering all this stuff like a you know sort of that younger generation discovering everything and uh yeah just um a a really good feel good film so, yeah so that's that's my thoughts on the film so what is your number 2
1: so should I just say my number two and your number one, all at once?
0: <laughs> I guess so, yeah.
1: Uh, be Zack Snyder's Justice League.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: And this was really down to the wire. It was an upset. I, as soon as I saw this film back in March, I was convinced that nothing was going to top it. Um. And this film holds a, I, being a DC guy, I was just in love with this film. I could not wait for it to come out like most of our friends, especially, and this film holds a particularly special place to me because this will help me grow closer to our friend Philip Barker of all the, because of all the podcasting I did with him yeah. with this film. Um, having me come on to talk about the trailer dropped on Valentine's Day and then having me come on talk about uh the segment at Heroes Park and as a chapter th- 3 or 4 I did
2: You did chapter uh chapter 3 and I did
0: chapter 4, I can't remember. No. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs>
1: Well, anywho, okay. I did the I did the section at Heroes Park, and so Zack Snyder's just like holds a particular special spot for me because it is able to bring me closer together to Philip, make a new like lifelong friend in this nerdy world, you know. And um, it was a whole lot stuff for me. And I just love this film. This like we mentioned earlier with The King's Man, how it could have been a little bit shorter. This one does not feel like a four hour long film. Not at all. I could watch another hour or two of this season because I just want more. And the fact, we might not get more. just makes me that much more sad. Oh, no. Because you get a better plot line with Cyborg.
4: Mm-hmm. You
1: get some of the humor taken out. A lot of things make more. They made no absolute no sense in the Joss cut make more sense now. So mm-hmm. much more things pay off. Yeah, and and dark side being thrown in the mix makes everything so much better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Martian Manhunter too, and then the nightmare sequence we get at the end of the film, we get more Jared Leto Joker, which I'm like one of three people on the face of the earth that wanted to see more Jared Leto Joker.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that, ex- so we finally got to see Joker and Batman. Face off against each other. It was so good. It was everything. It was well. Every second of this film was worth the wait.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: And I, yeah, I've see. i noticed lately, as of this recording, that Restore the Snyderverse is starting to retrend again on Twitter.
2: Oh, with a vengeance. But yeah, um, this is obviously. Um, my, my number one uh, for the year. And it and it stayed there. Like, I, I basically cemented this film at number one for me. Um, because it was just an incredibly done film. And seriously, I, I wish we could have got this earlier. But it was certainly worth the wait. Um, it is just so incredibly well done. And... It really it I, I found a new love like I, I you know I will admit I didn't really get into you know Ezra Miller's flash um in the, the first the 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 Joss cut of the film. Um I I really didn't get into him at all. I didn't really like him. Um but then seeing him in this changed my mind completely like he does an amazing job in this you really see him in a different light and so i definitely have found like a whole new respect for him and his you know incarnation of flash and um really cool to see his story and him grow as as into who he becomes and um yeah and and just like you know cyborg too, and that was you know one of the things that I was brought on to superhero stress to talk about like cyborg's story and and you know it really kind of meant a lot to me to you know talk about like I connected with that story and um so yeah, and even yeah i I you know got to be on superhero stress to talk about, which was really, really cool, and kind of made a little bit closer friendship with Philip Barker too. Um, so that, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, this, this whole film was just, um, beautifully done. Like, and it's, you know, it really does not feel like four hours has gone by. And, and ever since the film had come out, I had seen it. I like, I saw it once and then I, I watched it again. I think that pretty well, the very same day. And I watched it at least six times. (laughs) Oh, from from release date, I watched it fricking six times. Like I just loved it that much, and you know, it was it was interesting seeing because Mum hadn't seen the um the other cut. <laughs> that, so I I still owned the film. I don't own it anymore. Uh, <laughs> but we would, i put it on we watched it and it would just it's cringe it is so cringe and it just makes me love Zack snyder's cut of this film so much more um it's flawless it explains so much more with these characters you really get a connection with each and every one of them that you get to meet especially you know your cyborg and your you know flash and everything and it's just very well done and it definitely does not feel like four hours has passed when you're watching it um so yeah it's it's been some it was cemented number one for me all year i i it it didn't change whatsoever my my two to ten changed a lot <laughs> that got thrown around and and shifted and everything, but that number one did not stay because I absolutely love the film that much.
1: I was really hoping that it it was like it up until November it was my number one, so like for nine months eight nine months, this was my number one. And I really think I haven't gotten many rewatches in it recently since I was on Superhero Stress to talk about my chapter because it's just, yeah, it doesn't feel like a four-hour-long film, but my schedule until recently hasn't really allowed me to sit down and commit four hours to a movie lately to give another rewatch. Yeah, for sure. So, so that's been my only thing. up Only up until recently have I been able to like, sit down and like, spend a day watching movies.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's it's a commitment for sure. Like knowing it's you know four hours, it's definitely one of those ones where if you're gonna watch it all the way through, you you gotta make that time for it. So yeah,
1: like like when back in November, I knocked out the, Har- the Harry Potter movies. I had to block it out. Like okay,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I got eight films to watch in this amount of time. Here we go, and trying to cram as many films as I can in for this episode. It's like okay, I'm gonna block this off here.
2: Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um that's obviously, you know, reveal is my number one, but it's not your number one. Um but I think I kind of have an idea what your number one is, but share it.
1: <laughs> I thought about saying something funny here, but it's obviously it's Ghostbusters Afterlife. It Which is interesting to say because had you judged my list off the first 20 minutes of this film alone, Ghostbusters Act Life would not be my number one.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I do have my hangups with this film. A lot of the callbacks, I think I talked most about it, like a lot of the callbacks kind of drug me down.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Some of them I'm okay with. There are two that really bum me out more than anything. It's Who You Gonna Call, and Gozer asking, are you a god? Like, come on. I audibly groaned in the theater the second time when Who are You Gonna Call came up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's rough. It's so ham Like That's going to be like the most ham-fisted line in all of movie history.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: It would have been so much better if they didn't include that line at all. Like, but the first time I went to this film, I'm like, please don't say, please don't ask, say, are you a god? When Gozer showed up, I'm like, please don't say, are you a god? Please don't say, are you a god? Please don't say, are you a god? God damn it, they're saying, are you a god? But I didn't. Fuck was that?
2: (laughs) Turning things off. Phone making random noises. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, i didn't groan audibly in the theater the second time but um i've told everybody this i've almost cried both times watching this film in the theater yeah. um, i would definitely say my first time watching the film was a lot better because i was with ghostbusters fans I thought it was kind of stupid when they cheered when the original Ghostbusters showed up and they stood up and clapped at the end of the film. I thought that was kind of dumb. Made fun of them for that. But you know what? The second film was like a theater full of kids who didn't appreciate it. Like,
3: They
1: didn't get a lot of callbacks or anything. They just laughed at the jokes and stuff. They didn't appreciate all the other stuff. But when I say I almost cried, the, the eyes got glassy. But the tears did not come. And you would think, going into your second viewing, okay, I know it's coming. It's not going to get me. But I'll be goddamned. In that second viewing, as soon as you see that ghost hand touch the proton wand, <laughs> it, it, I started sniffling so fucking hard to hold it in. I put my hand over my eyes so the kid next to me didn't see me crying. It's... <laughs> It, that's, I can't believe it got me harder the second time than they did the first time. it it really was, I really did not think this would be my number one film. I, it was gonna, I think I was even talking to our friend Mikey before I went and saw him. Like, it's gonna take a lot to dethrone. Zack Snyder just is like, boy, howdy, boy. I did not expect it to do it. And I love every second of the film. Like, I, yeah, I can see the callbacks wear me down. But I love all the small stuff. Like, Paul Rudd is the teacher. Like, showing the class Cujo and child's play. <laughs> <laughs> and I love him being the fanboy of everything. And um, I was to say I know somebody that's in Ghostbusters because... Uh, if you notice the green Karina dog chow bags that the terror dog is eating out of in the Walmart scene,
4: mm-hmm.
1: I know the guy on that Walmart. Uh, I know the guy on that dog food bag cause he lives here in Davenport. I play softball with him.
4: <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> I was
1: going to text him, dude, you're in ghostbusters.
4: <laughs>
1: like I'm, I'm not the hugest Finn Wolfhard fan, but I really liked him in this.
0: Yeah.
1: I thought he was really good in that. Um, I really wish, like everybody, I really wish Rick Moranis would have came back oh. for uh, a cameo. Especially that second post-credit scene that would have been perfect for him. Yeah. But uh, and my one of my biggest pieces was the credits gave away the mid-credit scene of Sigourney Weaver.
2: Yeah, that that was a little bit of a thing. But then I, I there was a moment where I was like, did I like miss her? Or something? Like, was she there? Like, did I miss, like, just she in the background or something? Like, I, you know, I was for a minute, like, the minute, oh, and then the, that scene came up, and it was like, okay. Like, you know, it, it did kind of give it away, but.
1: It, you couldn't have said Anne Sigourney Weaver after that scene was done?
2: Right? Like, you, you could have played that and been like, oh, <gasps> so it would have been a really cool surprise. Um, but
1: but how shitty would it have been had they said rick moranis in the credits and he was in the post credit scene i think i would have been more pissed at that if they would have spoiled like rick moranis being in the post credit scene
2: yeah that that would have been a thing but i i really wish he he would have been even like I, i've seen quite a few movies with my mom this year <laughs> and we saw this one and and uh she even said too, like, Rick Moranis should have been in it, like to have that, that cameo. Like she even missed it. Like she you know, so yeah, he was certainly missed in this one. Um well, the, that that would have made it too.
1: My tattoo guy Nick, who did my uh, stay puff on my leg, he's gonna do more Ghostbusters tattoos on my leg. Me and him were talking that post credit scene with Ernie Hudson and Annie Potts were Winston's talking about how he made his fortune, how he's like restoring the Ecto One and the in the firehouse and everything.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: My buddy Nick said that that was the perfect opportunity for Rick Moranis to be there because he said he had Winston say he started off with one employee. Yeah. Lewis Tully is a lawyer and an accountant.
0: Exactly.
1: How perfect would it have been to have Lewis Tully be Winston's one employee?
0: Exactly that that would
2: have been brilliant.
1: But we must respect Rick Moranis's wishes.
2: Exactly, and it, it makes perfect sense. But yeah, it would have been it would have been really really perfect. But that's okay. I mean, you know, the the film itself is just you know.
1: I I really thought, like I said, had I judged my list based off of the first twenty minutes of this film. Or so it probably would be my number one because I was my first viewing. I'm like, wow, they are really shitty to Egon in this movie. Mm. And then it makes that turn where, like, oh, he was right all along. Like when you, even when you hear Aykroyd say, "Egon Spengler can burn in hell," I'm like, holy crap! Like they're not being good to Egon at all.
2: But I, you know, I, I kind of had a feeling that. There, something was going to be redeemed or explained or, or or something like it. Sort of had well, that sense. Well,
1: with, with with Harold being long, if if Harold Ramis was still alive, I could see them probably not redeeming Egon. Mm-hmm. But with Harold being passed on now for almost close to a decade now, hasn't it?
2: Something like that. Yeah, it's been been a good. It's chunk been,
1: been a while, like two t- thirteen or twenty thirteen. Yeah. 2013, 2014. Like so that, yeah. With Remus being gone, like there's no way they're gonna have him go out like that. No way. Um, yeah. Some of the callbacks I didn't mind. Like they they hung on the Twinkie a little bit longer than they needed to. Yeah. Um. I forgot about the Nestle bar thing. That was like one that went over my head. Uh, one I kept looking for, but I still didn't see it. This is supposedly a jar of pink slime in Egon's lab. Oh, I did not see that at all. Um,
2: I think I did notice that. I remember because I was I was doing the, like look paying attention to the background, and I think I did see it. I just can't remember where exactly it was, but yeah. Well,
1: I did. I didn't mind like the book stacking in the background or. Um, the Mold spores and fungus that he had down there in his little workshop.
0: Yeah. That stuff
1: I didn't mind for callbacks, but it's the "Are you a god?" thing, I really. like, "Oh, come on, really?"
2: Yeah. I I agree that just that that didn't need to happen. I mean, I it, it, I get it for the comedy, like you know, Ray still kind of unsure what to say, and they're kind of like, "Dude."
1: Come on, Ray.
2: <laughs> Come on, Ray. Like, I I like that because that was funny. Like, he's still sort of. Uh, what 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 do I say? You know. <laughs> but the the whole the asking was kind of like okay, we we've been here, we've done that, but it's still that little the the after moment of him like, I don't know what to say, <laughs> was. I, I enjoyed that part, but yeah, the beginning, the the possessed thing, and the are you a god, um, yeah, and then the, the 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 biggest one is yeah, the who you're gonna call? Like that was that was painful, but
1: yeah, I I didn't mind. Uh, I can't even think of the actress's name, but Paul Rudd and something Coon, isn't it? I didn't mind them being possessed, being the key master and the gatekeeper, even though it was almost like shot for shot. Um, But yeah, that was like, I think that was probably a little bit minus. I was like, okay, okay, I've seen the first film. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, get it. Ghostbusters is a thing. I've seen the first film. Um, (laughs) As much as I enjoyed this film, I really hope we're done with Gozer now, if they do another one. Yeah,
2: I, I hope so too. Like they, they could potentially continue, um, but I think that story is done now.
1: Yeah. I did. Uh, I remember you saying you identified with podcasts, too. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I love podcast.
1: I, I I think the biggest contention <laughs> I think people have with the film is how these kids know how to use all the tools and everything.
2: Yeah. I could I could see that like they kind of
1: it, it didn't bother me. Yeah,
2: it it didn't bother me either, honestly. Like whatever they they figured out how to use these things. I mean, well, you know.
1: Well, well, here's how I break it down. You have the whole scene of Egon walking Phoebe through how to rebuild the proton pack.
2: Hmm.
1: So how do we know that Egon wasn't like showing her how to use the stuff too?
2: Exactly, like how, you know, that was the first thing that, that, you know, and I mean, she, she was really smart, you know. we yeah, know, so, so, so,
1: she, she could, if I could put eight, two and two together.
2: Exactly. So, I, I think she, you know, it, it's not a stretch for her to, for you to think that she figured out how to use these things, but then maybe Egon also had that influence of teaching her, like, this is how this you know, how these things work. Like he showed her how to put together the proton pack. So that, you know, but yeah, that didn't, that didn't bother me in the slightest. Like,
1: I like the little lights flip over the wall and all those degrees. Okay. You're a genius. I get it. (laughs) How'd you learn all this stuff? Oh, you're a genius.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But yeah, it, um, going back to, you yeah, know, the podcast, like, m- you know, seeing that film with mom and she freaking, she elbowed me and just smiled and was like, Shut. <laughs> I'm like so, yep. <laughs> so
1: if we, if we were care movie characters from 2021, <laughs> your podcast and I'm Rasputin then.
0: <laughs> I mean, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there we go. <laughs> At
1: least your show really found its voice in episode forty-six. Yeah. <laughs> I would say like the only thing I with the mom. I would be okay with her being pissed off at her dad, Egon. Yeah. I think it was the anti-science stuff. I think is when it gets a little too overboard.
0: Yeah, a little bit when she. Just because,
1: just well, just cause, Okay, you can hate your father if you must, but you you hate science in general just because he was a scientist.
2: Yeah. I, I agree that was a little bit overboard. And then she, you know, she kind of immediately buys into it sort of after that. And it's like, okay. You know, but yeah, that that was a little bit much. Like, it's understandable she has that sort of, that resentment towards her father and, and you know, doesn't so much, you know, doesn't like him very much because of, of what he did and whatever. But to go that length, yeah, I, I agree, it's a little bit much.
1: But yeah, uh, and then the I think it was perfect that we get one shot with Ivan Reitman as Harold as Harold Ramis standing in
4: mm-hmm.
1: for him. But then, uh, so the tears first start to come when you see that ghost hand come onto the proton wand. Yeah, and then they happen again when Egon hugs his daughter and he just fades up into the stars. I think it's when they're saying their goodbyes to him too, like when you see Aykroyd cry.
2: Yeah, when they're they're all sort of getting emotional, and yeah, that the minute he goes up into the like, I'm fuck, I'm gonna cry just thinking about it. Um, it, it just yeah, that was when the waterworks started for me. I could not. Like, like I, I'm usually pretty good holding back, you know, in the theater, tears and things. But this was just, no, I could not do it. I cried. I outwardly cried. <laughs> uh, that just, yeah.
1: When when I went and saw it for, well, you, you said it yourself. When I went and saw it for the second time, you were seeing it for the first time, actually. At yeah. At the same time.
2: Yeah, we saw it on the same day at the same time, which is kind
1: of cool. So I knew this was my number one film the second time I saw it because it garnered the same reaction the second time.
0: Yeah.
1: Because like I said, you think, okay, you know it's coming up, so it's not going to get you this time. But it's like how Dumbo gets me every time. It's how Peanuts gets me every time. Yeah. Even though you know know it's coming, it still gets you. Yeah. So the fact that I knew that... Ghost of Egon was coming It still got me to like well up Mm. That's how I I knew this film had something
2: Yeah Absolutely and I mean You know that's You know the the emotional thing Like I I sort of mentioned at the beginning of, of This episode like For creating this list I wanted it to be Each film to have some sort of meaningful Things for me um, not just be a simple film that I I liked, you know, and just be like, oh yeah, I liked it. Move on. I wanted to, each one to have some meaning, and certainly these like coming up to the kind of that top five definitely did for me. And I know, like, I mean, like Ghostbusters Afterlife is is really in a fist fight with with the Justice League, <laughs> but it, you know, Justice League. It, Cemented that a little bit more, but, um, but yeah, like like Ghostbusters is definitely one of those ones where it's just yeah, um, it's just a really wonderful film. There, you know, yeah, we have the few nitpicks, but, um, yeah, even even when I when I finally get around to purchasing the film and watching it, it's still probably going to make me cry every time, because it's just such a such a, a moment,
1: you know, so. Every time I want to, like, if I want to do something to get Mikey to laugh at work, I'll go, hey,
4: my name is Trevor.
1: <laughs> Doing the whole Finn Wolfhard thing. <laughs> that funny. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Once, like once I said, once I saw the second, once I saw the film for the second time, and it gauged the same reaction that it did the first time with the tears and everything. It was like, yeah, this, this is something special. Ghostbusters has been a part of my life for a long time. So.
2: Mm. Yeah. Same. I mean, same here. It's you know, it's the one. I mean, both of the the films. Um, it's it's a, one of the two films that I can. You know, if we were say if we were to do an episode about it, I would not need to I probably still would rewatch it, but I really wouldn't need to because I know it from like the back of my hand. Like the moments, the lines, the you know, the character things, like it's just it's it's a movie that's always yeah, I've I've enjoyed for for many many years. So it's you know, um it's yeah.
1: You know what? You probably wouldn't have to rewatch it, but it always helps rewatch it for the show because when you're doing it for stuff like this, you always notice things you never noticed before. Though.
2: This is true. Very when, you're forced,
1: true. when you're forced to pay attention to things like this, you you notice things you never noticed before.
2: This is very true. And I probably would. There are probably things that I would be discovering for the first time, and it'd be like, what? How how did I miss that or something? I don't know, but but yeah.
1: So if there is another Ghostbusters movie in the pipeline, I hope Jason Reitman. I hope we are done with Gozer for good, once and for all.
2: Yeah, do do something new with these these characters.
1: And not yeah. Vigo the Carpathian. Do something different.
2: Yeah, no. no, we've done him too. That's it. We're done. <laughs> uh,
1: like not 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 saying Ghostbusters 2 is bad. I like Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. I, I would just say let's try something different. And that that's one of the big things I praised 2016 for is it did something different. It it didn't. Cash in very well because they went a different route. That villain was a little weak, but I give them more props for not doing Gozer and Zool in the first one.
2: Yeah, or 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 trying to remake the film but with females.
1: Yeah, they do shot for shot.
2: Yeah, which they they you know they could have very easily done, but they did. They kind of they did their own standalone, so it.
0: You know. Yeah. It may not have warmed up to me at first,
2: but. Then
1: <laughs> you watch it three times in a week.
2: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut
0: up.
1: <laughs> now on the internet, people are bitching that the digital copy is going to be in the Ghostbusters collection.
0: Yeah, wah, wah, wah.
1: I am uh, I told my buddy Mikey, oh, I'm about ready to quit the Ghostbusters fan page because I'm just tired of everybody bitching about it. Because I'm going, on am going to bet less than half of the people bitching about it being in there haven't seen it. Exactly. Most of the fucking people that bitch about Ghostbusters 2016 haven't seen it.
2: Exactly. So, Yeah. <laughs> It, it 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 it's it's not one for for everyone, which which you know makes sense, but it's still just like if you haven't seen it, don't complain about it, you it's, know. So
1: Zach, said it best. Zachy San said it best on his show when they did the commentary for him and when him and Brian did the commentary for Ghostbusters back in November.
0: Yeah.
1: They mentioned that. Bill Murray's the big jokester in these films. Oh, for sure. So so when he's serious, you know shit's real. Mm-hmm. The problem with twenty sixteen is that they're all jokesters and there's nobody be there so the serious moments don't sit don't have that same impact because everybody's still joking. Yeah. So those serious ones don't have like a, a moment to have an impact because everybody, like Paul Feig is much like Judd Apatow. He just lets people riff. Mm-hmm. That's why Judd Apatow has comedy with films that are over two hours long because it's everybody just riffing. Yeah. Not everything works, you know, so.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But, but then we didn't, we're not here to talk about Ghostbusters 2016 again. <sighs> I think our love for that that film has been um established. Yes. Uh, I'm sure once Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out on Blu ray it's gonna get many rewatches from me. I'm not gonna buy the Ultimate Collection just because I just upgraded Ghostbusters one and two to Blu ray for Christmas this year, so Yeah.
3: Yeah,
2: and I I mean I already I own um uh, um like a DVD set thing of all of the the first one the second one and i think the i think the 2016 one is part of that too like it's a collection thing i can't remember but like i already own the film so why do i need to own like this big collection of it but um yeah ghostbusters afterlife is definitely going to be a i'm going to want to buy that one and it's going to get rewatched for sure. well,
1: i'm I'm sure once I'm home alone, the tears are gonna come. Now.
2: Oh yeah. I, I I'm already gonna admit too. Like already, it's um. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be emotional all over again. All over
1: again. <laughs> well, that's about all I've had to say for the night. I think. Mhm. We've been talking a long time.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um so yeah I think we've um we've, we've built a pretty good for for each of us we've created a pretty good top 10 list and I think like we kind of we we, we ugh words
1: well, we have to go back and check the stats I think this is the first year we haven't had the same number one
2: I think so Yeah and and I think this has been like you you had mentioned earlier that it's probably the most diverse, and I and I agree. I mean, we 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 share the same interests and same interest in films, so it's usually not a surprise if we do have the same films in the list, um, either at the same spot or in a different spot. Um, but I think this time around, it was definitely there was a variety, and I think that was kind of cool. I really liked that that we had very different movies. Um, and I, I think I definitely had a variety Like they're definitely like, Superheroes, animated uh, Like Sort of period historical pieces Like just a really Mix of them and and for you Like there's a good mix of films too Like so um, Yeah I, I really liked our lists For this year For, for 2021
1: 20, And you got a lot of films I didn't even see So good on you
2: Yeah I I still don't really know how I managed to to see all the films <laughs> that I did, but I did it, and it, yeah, I, I love the variety. So
1: with my schedule, I don't know how I got all the films that I did this year, and I think I got more than you win.
2: Yeah, you did. You got you did more, but then, I mean, you know, I I don't know how how in the world you you watched like all the Harry Potter films so quickly like that boggles my mind but <laughs> but I mean you did that so I, I didn't really have any doubt that you wouldn't be able to you know see the films that you know you weren't able to to see like in a theater or anything I, like.
1: wa- I watched Harry all eight Harry Potter films a month and a half ago and didn't even <laughs> recognize fucking Voldemort in a movie I saw last week <laughs> so I looked it up online <laughs> That
0: uh,
2: <laughs> I mean that that's utterly hilarious. But I mean it makes sense. I mean he he looks different than he does in the other film, so it's just you know
1: He has a nose. But
2: still funny though. <laughs> uh,
1: so to recap, for uh slip uh so to recap before sleep deprivation completely takes my brain over. <laughs> um, is top ten. Number ten, she had Gunpowder Milkshake. Number nine was Kate. Number eight, The Suicide Squad. Or should I call it James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. <laughs> Seven, Nobody. Six, The King's Man. Five, No Time to Die. Number four, The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Number three, The Courier. Number two, Ghostbusters Afterlife. And number one, Zack Snyder's Justice League.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Love a list. (laughs) And um, I'll just recap uh, Jared's picks for for 2021. At number 10 was Matrix Resurrections. Uh, Number nine was The King's Man. Uh, number eight, Free Guy. Number seven, Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. Number six, Willy's Wonderland. Number five, The Suicide Squad. Number four, Mortal Kombat. Number three, Cruella. Number two, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And number one, Ghostbusters Afterlife.
1: Yeah, there you have that. that's That was a hell of a 2021. There was so much to choose from. And there was so many things I didn't get... Chance to see it this year, this past year, either.
2: Yeah, for sure. I know they're, you know, like the, the few in your list, like Mortal Kombat and things like that, like, and Shang-Chi. Um, I, I definitely, like, I, I want to check those out, but I just, oh, I didn't really, um, didn't get around to see it, but I'm definitely checking them out now. But yeah, like I said, I really love our list. Um,
1: well, I think I didn't say, I, I think I glossed over the best point of Mortal Kombat that came out this year, it was rated R. So we got to see, like, blood and shit in it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And I know, like, you know, being the you know the horror movie fan, it's always about, like, the epic kills and stuff. So I'm sure that, you know, I, I'm sure that's probably why you loved it, that, too, is, you know.
1: A lot of it was Kano. Uh, a lot of it was Kano and Sub-Zero and Scorpion. But uh, I think you'll have fun with Shang-Chi and with Mortal Kombat. Like, two different movies, but <laughs> like, I think you'll have fun with them.
2: I'm kind of excited to to check them out, for sure. I think, we'll, like you said, I'll like, we'll have fun with it. So I'm looking forward to giving them a watch. So, um, this episode we talked about our top ten of 2021. And um next episode that will be coming up, we're going to talk about our most anticipated for 2022 and the films that we are looking forward to for this new year and hopefully all the films that we are looking forward to get to come out at when they're supposed to because i know you know these past couple years it's been a lot of movies being pushed back so hopefully everything goes well and we can you know look forward to these and when they come out
1: i already know one of mine's been pushed back (laughs)
2: Oh no. <laughs>
1: yeah. But uh Melissa, before I forget any So Melissa, before I forget how to talk more, um <laughs> where can our listeners keep up with you? <laughs>
2: they can they can keep up with me on Instagram. Um at Miss Melissa N twenty five. It's all lowercase, all one word, nothing fancy about it. Um you get Not really any memes or anything, but just, like, nature pictures, elusive selfies, uh, shenanigans I get up to, all that kind of fun stuff. So if you're interested in that, you can send a follow over there. Um, I also have an art page on Instagram, which is called Scribbles of a Wannabe Drawer, and it's where I post all the quirky art that I do. And where can they find you, Jared?
1: I've been up since 5 o'clock. Do you think I... (laughs) Uh, if you want to keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at QCA underscore Mista, M-I-S-T-A underscore J. Three really five pictures of my cats and of my beard, a.k.a. the best beard and off podcasting. Um, yeah, three really find me personally. But as a show as a whole, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Nerd Podcast. And don't forget to send us an email at nerdnationspodcast@gmail.com at dot com for any suggestions or listener questions.
2: And if you want to keep listening to us as a podcast, you can find us on our home at Podbean. Um, you also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And also uh, be sure to give a like and also a review um, because it helps us be a little bit more noticed within the podcast community.
1: So be sure to join us next time when we talk about our most anticipated films of 2022. And even though this year has been quiet so far, one would say almost too quiet, remember, the world is still scary, so the best way we can get through this is to be excellent to each other.
2: And nerd on, dudes.
1: The thoughts and opinions expressed by your ambassadors and their guests are theirs and theirs alone and do not
2: represent the companies they happen to work with. thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time
1: thanks for listening guys